Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Beer's about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. And that's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The, <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. You, you heard of Junkyard Wars? No. Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good day, boys and girls. Welcome to The Session. I'm your host today, Justin Crosley, joined by... Warren Beardy Billups. Oh, I didn't know who you were talking about at first. In the studio. Hi, Justin. Along with... What's your middle name? Lauren. Shimke. Kim Lauren Shimke. <laughs> Kimberly. Kimberly Lauren Shimke. <laughs> Hanging out in the studio with us today. Along with Beverly Bevo Moore. That's her middle name? <laughs> People complain sometimes I don't introduce everybody. Close enough. So. It's Michelle. Michelle? It's a Michelle. basic white girl middle name. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I wish you had never. T- I could have gone our whole life without knowing that that was your middle name. I'm Beverly disappointed. Michelle I mean, Moore. you were already basic, and now. God, I want a pumpkin spice latte so bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's our crew today. Yeah. Everyone else is either dead or just playing hooky. I don't know. We can only Maybe hope. dead. You know, it's like the more I care, I feel like when I don't care about the show, mm-hmm. everyone gets all up in arms. They start caring about it. When I care, when I start to become present and care, yeah. everyone's like, sweet, we don't got to do shit. Right. Maybe that's what they do. They're coast now. Yeah. It's coasting. Did you know that... Dr. Homebrew has tagged the studio, and there's a label on the back of your monitor now. Is there really? Yeah. Wow. Now I have to stare at it all show. That, <laughs> is that it at least a, is it a good label, or is it Dr. Nah. Is it just say Dr. Homebrew? Yeah, it says Dr. Homebrew and has a bottle with a plus sign on it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the Dr. Homebrew logo. Oh. 
Oh, is is it this right here? Yep. Yeah, oh. that's it. It's on your monitor. Did like who printed? Brian out? had those made from Grog Tag. Oh, I see. It's funny that our hosts have to have their own stickers made for the shows because I won't do it. <laughs> Nobody asked me actually, but what do we need stickers for? I don't know. Stick on monitors. <laughs> apparently, in yeah. our own studio. Apparently, what show but is this? But at least they can just peel off. Like, yeah. Um, that's a shitty monitor anyway. I don't care. I don't have to see it. Do you have a white marker and I can write sucks underneath? <laughs> that probably would be their sensitive. Hosts oh. get sensitive after after doing the show for a while. Uh-huh. Not co-hosts. You co-hosts are rock stars. You can take my abuse like left and right. <laughs> but once you get your own show, uh, y- y'all get sensitive. Everyone oh. gets sensitive. Get because it's all they have. Yes. Let them have it. Oh. Is that what it is? Oh. Well, That's their they identity? The job. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. I just keep thinking they're going to make a fortune or something, and then you say one bad thing. Oh. 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 There goes my retirement. You don't like Dr. Homebrew anymore? <laughs> Why not? I thought we were friends. <laughs> we're doing such a good job. Actually, Dr. Homebrew is doing a good job. They are. Uh they got a little spike in listenership, though, when I co-hosted a couple shows. I noticed that. Oh, took, of course they would. Took a look at the numbers, mm-hmm. and uh, by little spike, I mean big spike listenership <laughs> when I took over JP's job at, at HomebrewCon. Some of us are born with bigger spikes than others. Yeah, but don't let that get out, because I don't want to have to do that regularly. No, so, I won't tell them. Yeah. Uh, we got a great show for you tonight. I'm excited about this. A new company out of New Zealand called Hop Revolution is going to be on the program. They are the proprietors of what is now the largest single hop farm in New Zealand, in the entire Whoa. country of New Zealand, which I think fits like in Concord. Right. It's not a big but, country. Um, still the largest. <laughs> it's the size of the <laughs> hop grenade. Yeah. Their yeah. acre It's like four acres. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> no, they're uh, and, and they flew out. To Concord to do the show with us. They know we're not a brewery, right? We can't actually buy hops. I mean, I didn't elaborate. Oh, okay. I just uh, said, sure, you know, come on out. The hop grenade. Uh, they know we're not a network of breweries. <laughs> actually, it's a great story, which I'll wait for them to be in here about how we became connected. But they came out to the U.S. to uh, do our show. How cool is that? Awesome. You so know? they really came out to San Francisco. Well, listen. And this is. I mean, listen, maybe they had a couple of brewery visits on their stop, but but you're going to find out that the the uh, one of the founders and the in her bio she says plant scientist. I huh. uh, maybe they just try to keep things simple in New Zealand like we would say botanist, right? But okay. we'll find that out. Anyway, uh no, she flew in last night and for the show and, and is flying out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, take that shit. It's not. It's not crazy. It's amazing. See, so it is amazing. So you brewers out there, you know, when you get when you finally get that invite you've been waiting for all these years, <laughs> your golden ticket. Yeah, and you're like, I don't even have Skype. I don't, I don't know how to. I, don't, I haven't used a computer before. I've got a landline. Can you, can you call my landline? Can you call my rotary phone? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You just remember that Hop Revolution flew across the earth. Yeah. Across the earth. Even an ocean. Across the planet. <laughs> they changed hemispheres. Oh, wow. That's right. So. They came from the upside down. I don't want to. I want to hear the. Uh, I don't know. I have my kids tonight. Um, can you? Can we make it a four minute interview? Would that be fine? <laughs> can you call my landline for seven minutes? And a, then. And I then a, I have to go. I have a brew day to start in the morning. Yeah. Get the kettle boiling. Yeah. Oh, sorry for all the free publicity. (laughs) 
I'm sorry for the 10,000 people that are going to hear you in the next month when you're on the show. It's taken you 13 years, but I'm glad you finally apologized for that, Justin. <laughs> uh, um, uh, how long is the interview? The battery on my iPhone's not so good anymore. <laughs> it dies every 37 minutes. I think my phone is not... My connection... Yeah, yeah. Is it okay if I stand out in the barn where the connection's not very good when I do the interview with all the free publicity that you're going to give me? And we're just like, yeah, I like that you're just becoming more belligerent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But please come on the show. Yeah, but please do the show, you know. All bookings are done through me, and I'm much more polite. That's a problem. Are we good? Did they bring beer, or are we going to just be chewing on hops? We're just going to drink other. Beer. We're just going to drink beer. You can, you can drink that bottle of Black Label in front of your <laughs> in front of you if you want. Are there hops in this New Zealand hops? <laughs> we're uh, there. Uh, they're a brand new hop farm. Okay. I'm not certain that any of their hops are in beer yet, but oh, we will find that out that early. Uh, yeah, okay. it's it's that early, and um, and it's just a cool way that we found out about them too, uh, which I think uh, people will. I, I found it funny, and I. It, it, it's very endearing to me. I'll save you the story, but just okay. know it's an endearing story. They're kind people, and um, and I don't run into that very often in the particular way that I that they that they we found each other. Okay, so I'll give you that story when they come on the program. Cool. Yeah, it's bingo night. Do I can I do I have to do you do it any other days? But Monday, can we record on Wednesday at nine seventeen a.m.? I have a free window then. I usually catch up on Jeopardy DVRs Monday night, so could we move it to Tuesday, please? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for all the... Free publicity? Yeah. Meanwhile, I'd be like, yeah, let me just run that by the team. What's our total social media reach right now? Give me, give me like a rough number. Add them all together and give me like a oh, rough number. We're Justin like, wants to get upset together? again. Yeah, like 100,000? No, there's... A, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, they are, but they're also different. We have like I get it, but just give me a total. Just, just don't make it complicated. About a hundred thousand, right? Let's Sorry for the hundred thousand people <laughs> that Kim yeah. Shimke is going to send a link to your show and your website and your product to. Oh, I don't always do that. Yeah, almost as many followers as she has herself. I know. <laughs> Still makes me upset. <laughs> anyway, those Kiwis though. They're ready to go. They're nice people, I've heard. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they are. Are they like Canadians nice? I think I they're know. nicer. I think they're nicer. They probably are. Mm. Which is hard to believe, right? I've noticed, I'm, I know some Canadians, and uh, I think they're nicer. Well, we're Canada's neighbor, so we probably we're have that influence. Exactly. And we're so close. Mm. So they're, you know, isolated enough that if yeah. they're nice people, no one's tainting that. Yeah. Right. I hope it rubs off on me. I almost got in a fight with a senior citizen this morning. Whoa. Yeah, he was being a dick. Sounds like it. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> Thank you. you. See, this is, why I, this is why Beardy and I get along. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I like it when people don't question me. Just yeah. fucking leave it. Just take it at, val- at face value. And this is know? why I don't understand why I'm still employed by you. <laughs> I question everything. Yeah. Why he just didn't, like, hear you? Because, like, his, you know... I didn't know. Hearing mechanism thing right. was not doesn't functioning work. properly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I was on the golf course. The you golf? <laughs> was he walking too slow? No, I didn't do it. He, he was yelling at me. He started yelling at me for no reason. He was. I was being polite. He was on the tee box at my tee time, 
And I was like, oh, hey, you know, is any, do I go first? Do you, you know, and he's grumbling a bunch of stuff. He doesn't really answer my question. Uh-huh. And a couple minutes go by, and I'm like, still just being polite. Like, oh, like, do you want me to go? There seems to be a backup here. And he starts yelling, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> I'm like, what the f- <sighs> And then later. Like, was he, did he, was he all set up, ready to go? No. <laughs> what the fuck he's yelling at me for? And I just, I was like, all right. I'm just I'm just being polite and checking in with you. Uh-huh. You're standing on the tee box. Right. It's my time to go. I don't know. Do you have like a big party? And then party? later, like a few ho- now, so so he uh, you know so I go. Okay. He's yelling at me, the old fuck. And then I a few holes later. You know, I'm not the best golfer in the world, so I hit into the other fairway. You know. Oh, his fairway. No, oh, nowhere near them. It oh, wasn't okay. like that. I hit another ball because I was like, well, <laughs> Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, but I ran over to get my ball, and I picked it up. He starts yelling at me, hey, 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 is that my ball? Is that a Callaway 3? And now I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Listen, Tiger yeah, Woods. You, fucking, yeah. you dick. I don't know what my ball looks like. What I thought I would do is run right in front of you and pick up your ball and then run away. Yeah. It's not like mini golf where they're color-coded, okay? And I would have gotten away with it, too. Actually, it was fucking color-coded, because uh. <laughs> I use a bright yellow ball so I can find the damn thing. Uh-huh. So you're just being spiteful at that point. He's yelling at me. I still... And I did. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's your ball. I came over here right in front of you, and I grabbed your ball, and now I'm going to run away with it. And yeah. he didn't have too much to say, <laughs> especially when he looked down and found his goddamn ball, because of course I'm not stealing... What, I'm stealing balls from senior citizens now? Right. Sully, have I ever stolen anything from you? No, but on my way here. Oh, wait, I turned no. you off because you weren't here. You stole his mic. There yeah, you, go. you stole oh, my yeah. mic. Yeah. On the way here, I, I, I was listening to the show. Yeah. I heard you had a concern about some golf balls, so I, that's, that's why I'm late. I was you, stopped you were picking up some golf shop. balls. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So you're covered. So now I've just been grumpy all day because of this guy. Mm. How did you, how'd your game end up? Did he get in your head? I, it, no, no. Not till after, actually. Okay. Um, I mean, he bothered me, but then it was when I left, and I was just like... Yeah, and another thing, mm. you know, just like anger, just stewed. Yeah, I don't know. What's he? What's he? What's he so angry about? He's retired. He's on the golf course. I you, don't know. You didn't meet up in the in the club no. afterwards. No, I left because I I don't want to I don't want to get in a fight with a senior citizen. Well, as an older person, thank you. You go two different directions as you get older. Mm-hmm. You either don't give a shit and you just kind of like you become calmer. Or you're, you're like your friend. Worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That you might become. I'm clearly going to become. He's the on the path. Like, that was like future Justin. Yeah. 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 Did you ask him Pretty what his much. name was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no one wants to hear about all that. Too late, though. Okay. <laughs> Hop Revolutions on the program today, like I mentioned. Let me get through a couple of quick, uh, quick announcements. Announcements brought to you today by... Drake's Brewing Company. Go to drinkdrakes.com and uh, check out their new Sizzle Fizz Double Brute IPA Beardy on the shelves Whoa. now. Sizzle Fizz. Sizzle Fizz. Good name. Yeah. Double Brute IPA by Drake's Brewing Company. Uh, go to drinkdrakes.com. You can find out where you can find your own. Uh, most of our announcements today are how to support us. You can do your Amazon shopping by clicking the Amazon link. That's a great way to do it. You can also subscribe and join the BN Army. And for as little as $2 a month, you're entered into the More Beer monthly donation giveaway. More Beer brings you this show and every session that we do. And, um, yeah, it's a chance to win 100 bucks to spend over at More Beer. They've been doing that for years. And uh, make sure you're 
email is up to date in PayPal because that's how we reach out to you. We draw one winner every month. Um, but yeah, not just a hundred bucks that you might get for more beer, but it's just a great way to keep this content alive, keep this program going. And you can sign up over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Is anything exciting happening on our social medias lately, Kim Shimke? Uh, there's a photo of hops. Okay, for today's show? Yeah. I was going to post one of Beardy, but I'm like, I think people like the hops better. I see. That's smart. <laughs> smart move. Did you get, we, need a, uh, we need a bunch of hops in Beardy's beard. Oh, yeah. Meat in hops. That yeah. But that's, that's like already a thing. That's a beer. That's, uh, what is it, Auburn Ale Houses? Oh, really? Yeah. They already do that. They have me in hops on their label? It's like a ZZ Top thing. It's basically you. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. So, so I need to sue them. Have you then. done anything like unique or exciting or different on our social media recently? You know, I I, wow. I give the people touching stories, like the one you told. Me. <laughs> really? Like uh, like what? Hating the old people on the weekend? golf course? No, about the winning club member, Will. Oh, did you put that out there? I did. That was did. a touching story. Yeah, it was, and you just sent me the link, and mm-hmm. you said, "Here, give this a read." But I didn't really understand like what the context was before I opened the link, and I like oh. made the mistake of reading it at work. Oh. And I'm like bawling. Oh no! At work, it was a nice story. Go over it to. Nice. Is it on our Facebook page? It's now? on Facebook. Yeah, it's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's also it's over the story itself. The original story is over at uh, the Homebrewers Association, the American Homebrewers Association website, um, which is homebrewersassociation.org. And uh, yeah, you know, we did this uh, nationwide competition, this club competition. Uh, where we teamed up with Melvin Brewing Company and and more beer, and we had six finalists and then mm-hmm. and then a winner. And one of the six finalists, the the club beer that they chose was from a, a club member who uh, who died recently in a bicycle accident. Oh boy! Um, and the the AHA did this whole write up on it. The club was quite proud and 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 felt that it was a cool thing. All six of the finalists, their beers are getting brewed um, by Melvin, so they were they were quite happy that his uh, spirit was living on in in the beer that he created. And Melvin's going to brew it and put it in a can and send it to their local region. So that was a good story, Kim. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it was really sad, but I think what they're doing with it is really awesome. It's like a way of his spirit. Yeah, living on in something that he loved. You could tell the club was really uh, upbeat's not the right word. Finding a positive moment in this and, and a way for them to honor their uh, their friend. They so. were celebrating his life rather than mourning in the moment. There you go. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm finally thankful for you, that you're here. That's why I do the words. You know, mm. <laughs> that's why you word for us. <laughs> uh, all right, send your feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can send your show ideas there too. We love to hear from you, as you know. Um, no feedback is too small, right, Sully? It's any size, one word. Yep. A couple of pages. Yep. Take the time to do it. I think we got some feedback from Ian Titus this week. Did you? Yeah. He needs like a theme song, like a Ooh, yeah, like right. an intro, like <laughs> Ian Titus speaks. <laughs> you're right. I do need to go find that. All right, I'll work on that. Uh, <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. All right. Before we get to our feedback, though, uh, JP is out uh, yet again today. Don't worry. I hear he's healthy and, and not dead or anything like that. That's uh, Karen on his so, phone texting yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's buried under the house. This is me, Jason, mm-hmm. telling you I won't be making it. Right. Um, so instead, I'm sure that Beardy put together a Twitter game? Probably. Great. <laughs> not like last week where you just like a JP Twitter game, but 
asking, yeah, so with JP outsourcing. Too. Yeah, Twitter was so bad with their ideas. JP didn't come back this week, <laughs> so yeah. I'm still here, still there. Good job, guys. Well, our, it out. our Twitter game is brought to you today by the Wine and Hop Shop. Go to wineandhop.com. Uh, most of their items ship within 24 hours. And Brewing Network listeners get $8 flat rate shipping on orders under 25 pounds. Just enter BN Shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart, and the discount will be taken after you check out. And uh, if you're in Madison, Wisconsin, order your homebrew supplies online at wineandhop.com and then pick them up at Working Draft Beer Company, located on Wilson Street right across from Central. Park, they will waive the shipping and give you half off your first beer. Go to wineandhop.com. What's our Twitter game, Beardy? So, I was inspired by uh, all of... I was surprised how many listeners reached out to me after g- coming back from Alaska, excited mm. that I was still alive. Really? Yes. I'm surprised like, by that, too. Because you mentioned even what are we in Colorado. Talking? Two, three... I mean, really, it was just one, but okay. you know, <laughs> but but was very happy. He Your asked, mom. yes, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he sounded a lot like my dad. Interesting, um, but and, and I was just really surprised by the outpouring, and it made me think that wow, I do have a lot of friends out there, oh. despite what you guys say. Sure, um, okay, and so. I wanted to quiz everybody with something that friends should know about each other okay. <laughs> and really test this friendship now yeah. Now that it's established. Right. And so I'm asking, I'm quizzing them and wanting to know what my favorite color is. What is Beardy's favorite color? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds like the guess my number game. Your Twitter games get worse <laughs> by the week. I'm hoping to get Jason back here by any means necessary. I thought you were onto something. I thought the question was going to be... What should a friend know about a friend? Because that, like, that's like open to all sorts of things. Yeah, I was right? thinking that too. I was like, I was like, not just what's beardy. Finish the sentence. I just what's. Did you already type it out and send it into? I the, can. I can make it happen again <laughs> if you want to edit it. I mean, I do feel like an amendment. If we just read a bunch of colors, yeah, it's going to be a one-word <laughs> response. Blue. Oh, you're wrong. But what should a friend know about a friend? Would okay, be, fine. you know, is that okay that we do that? that yeah. We edit your work? <laughs> also, <It's fine. laughs> aren't you colorblind? See, that's why I included it about me, because I thought they would open it to all of the shitty vision jokes and, oh, this is a trick question and blah, 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 blah. I oh. see. I see. See, jokes aren't funny. If you but I'm a friend and I knew right. that. Because yeah. you guys are dumb <laughs> and couldn't wait till the end of the show. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, For all of that. Yeah. I mean, you could put them both out there. Say no, answer that's either too question. Confusing. <laughs> there's only 140 characters or however many there's okay. on Twitter. All right. You're welcome for being a friend. Yeah. Fine. So what's the Justin? What's the Twitter game, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> what should a friend know about a friend? Okay. Right. If they're really your friend, yeah. you know. I know some what's things about Sully. Sully's my friend. I'm Would not you say, say that, what? Sully? Yeah, what are you going you know, to? I'm not going to say it on yeah. yeah, Don't say oh, that, okay. no, please. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I could do the same for you. And, because we're friends. And we're friends, and that's why oh. we're not going to say anything. Right? We know something about each other. Right? Shimki, on the other hand. I don't even know her fucking name half the time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, I didn't know how to pronounce your last name until I heard it on the air here. I kept like, hey, Kim. <laughs> I actually don't know how they know. I don't know that I, we ever talked about it. I thought it was Or if we did, how you remember it. Uh, I have no, a either. feeling that it's not even, they're not even saying it correctly, and you <laughs> yeah. just let this goof go on. Right. 
So yeah, like your parents are listening, going like, "What the hell is going on there?" Oh god, no. No. I don't tell them I'm on air, please. They don't. They They don't don't need to hear this. They don't know you're on the Brewing Network, even. No, they do. Okay, but they like my dad because he doesn't have an Instagram account. He actually like logs on to a computer. And Google searches the Brewing Network on Instagram. Right. I'm on Instagram. I see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, let's do a little bit of feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. Of course, you can go to beerlawcenter.com. Check it out. They do a great job protecting my trademark. They can do the same for you. Um, also, they can do brewery filings, especially if you're in North Carolina. You're going to want to check them out. They uh, specialize in all legal things beer over at beerlawcenter.com. And tell John that we sent you. He's a good guy. All right. Clayton writes in. This is a little bit about my... It's not much to this. It's a little bit about my Rolling Stones concert story last week. And he just kind of says, you you were talking about going to a Rolling Stones concert last episode. I, too, have been to a Stones concert. Uh, I was eight in 1988, and I wanted to see Guns N' Roses. Living Color opened. Anybody else remember Living Color besides me? Yeah, I remember show. That. Yeah, Not the show, although I remember that as well, but the band. Uh, didn't mean much because I was eight, and Living Color wasn't cool among my very discerning peers. Um, anyway, eventually I fell asleep, and then I woke up during Honky Tonk Woman, and there were very large blow-up women on stage. Uh, I do remember being there. Nothing else too specific. Didn't get a T-shirt because I didn't do my homework before the show. Was bummed about the shirt. I still remember it 31 years, day, 31 years later. But not bummed enough because I still didn't do any homework for another 10 years. Then, it's more commentary. Sully talked about no, uh, no oh, wow. one wanting to see Prince at his Rolling Stone concert. And that reminded me that folks went to Black Sabbath concert and the Ramones got bottles thrown at them. More commentary. I think that happens all the time with that band, though. And, uh, yeah. and then finally he gets to a question. How many bands have we all seen before we gave a care? Huh. I never saw a band before I gave a care. My first concert was Poison and Lita Ford, and I was a little, like, nine-year-old metalhead, so I was stoked about it. And I don't think I really went to any concerts before that. I think for me, I saw, actually, uh, at the Concord Pavilion here locally. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw this band. Uh, have you heard of Hootie and the Blowfish? I've heard of yeah, Hootie. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there was a band called Bella Fleck and the Flecktones that opened for them. Also remember. And I had not heard them about them. I knew, didn't know anything about them. Before, and, yeah. Before, and saw them, and they blew those guys away. Oh, Because it was yeah. like a jazz musicians, you know, before. Little jam bandy like, jazz, yeah. yep. So, uh, it, was, it was great. Actually pronounced Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, and I just saw <laughs> them two months ago, and they're Says fucking incredible. Says who? I'm I'm the fan club president. I've never heard it uh, said <laughs> it like really? that. Did they say that on stage? That's the guy's name. His name is Bela. Oh, it's, a dumb it's spelled Bella? Bella, but it's pronounced really? Bela. I see. Yeah, I've, everyone's always says Bela. I'm glad Fleck. I listened to the Brewing Network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anybody else go, like their parents dragged them to a show when they were too young to even know what it was? My very first concert was the American Idol Tour. Oh, God. And it was oh, wow. amazing. You are so young. I might have you beat. <laughs> I wanted to see No Doubt as my first concert. And my dad thought it would get did. too rowdy. And so I couldn't go. <laughs> wow. So it was uh, Backstreet Boys. Okay. And they were oh, my God, incredible. I, love you. I would still see them today. Wow. They're playing but in Vegas. So, yeah, but so, they're yeah, like $300 tickets. Yeah. Ooh, Girls Weekend. Done. Okay. Okay. My first concert was a Christian concert. Of course it was. <laughs> DC Talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not missing anything. Yeah. So my first concert, now that, now that I understand yeah, what was the question because I'm older and I ran here, um, yeah. I saw, uh, actually I don't know if it was a concert, I saw it down in Universal Amphitheater when it was an outdoor pavilion and I saw Steve Martin. 
Oh, like, so he doing did his bit doing stand up. The but ba- the band that opened was the Blues Brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was pretty. Wait. And, I, and my brother and I. This is this is where it gets kind of weird. Uh, my brother and I were just like kids at the time. This is back in the forties, and <laughs> yeah. um, we went with our like my, our babysitter and her friend. It was like, how did they get like you know you stuck with, with you. these guys? So, yeah, but yeah. you saw Belushi. Yeah. And, and Aykroyd and doing the, the Blues Brothers. That's a cool show. Yeah, that was a good show. I bet they were really Bobby, good. how old are you? Me? <laughs> I'm old to be, enough to be your dad. <laughs> so just be quiet back there, okay? <laughs> yeah, settle <laughs> down. Yeah, stop talking anymore about it. Yeah, I'll turn okay. the studio around. When do we get home? We'll talk about it then. Uh, anyway, that's from Clayton. On with the show, he says, and suck it, Teresa. Oh! So t- taking JP wow. off the suck it list. All right. She's not even here to defend herself. I know. <laughs> Okay. J.P. Dickman writes in. (laughs) Dear Justin and crew, uh, listening to last week's show, I wrote in to inform you that Centerfolds is the strip club north of Chico that you were talking about, and it's still thriving. Next time you're up north and have a hankering to watch some rancher's daughter leave it all on stage, you're in luck. Perfect. Alternatively, come collab with us on a pale ale or an oatmeal stout and by collab, I mean mash in, go drink with Byron at Sierra Nevada, go to Centerfolds, come back for Knockout, and then drink with us from J.P. Dickman at Secret Trail Brewing. Oh, we had them on the show. Exactly. Yeah. And now he has invited us to collab slash Centerfolds. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect collaboration. That sounds like a road trip vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Centerfolds Pale Ale, coming mm. your way. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like every collab. Spontaneous <laughs> fermentation. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, right? Just, yeah, there's uh, just mashing in, and then there's something else. Yeah. 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 This is the best something else in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Daniel writes in, and he, he has uh, written his email in sections. I like the organization. First section is called uh, oh. Background. Wow. First, I'm a little drunk. <laughs> Great way to start. Good background. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Good background. It's a good intro. Uh, second, I'm a few weeks behind on the session, but was just listening to feedback following the Toasted Oak Brewing Show where a listener shitted all over JP. Um, that's his use of shitted, not mine. Shitted. Uh, I did want to say uh, that I did not get the impression from listening to that show. Uh, I have in the past been a little uncomfortable with JP and his sometimes <laughs> off sense of humor. But I did not feel that way at all during that episode. I have been listening uh, to the BN for 10 years, and I really think that JP has developed significantly as a radio host. Also, he can come across as a bit of a dick on air. But the few times I've met him in person, he's been a reasonably decent human being. It's worth noting that JP curates the feedback, uh, just so you know. Oh, he totally knows, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, overall feedback. The session, though going on for over a decade now, has still remained one of my favorite radio shows to listen to. That said, it's so much better with both Justin and JP in-house. I don't want to take away from JP's improvements over the years as a lead host, but there's definitely something about the chemistry on the show when you're both there. And finally, category key point. Whoa. So we have to pay attention now. I'm a little drunk. I've (laughs) I've got a pretty shitty family situation. I listen to the session mostly for entertainment, slightly to learn something new. Those rules have changed, roles have changed over the years. And I think you're doing a great job in keeping the material going and relevant to the industry today. Keep up the good work from Daniel. All right. Well, thank you, Daniel. I'm glad we could entertain. Sorry about the family situation. Yeah. That was an interesting mention, though. 
Yeah. Like it just little drop thrown in there. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a little drunk. That might right. be a cry for help. I do that when I'm a little drunk too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. sure. and by the way, this awful thing happened. <laughs> right. Can I have another beer, please? That's <laughs> yes, right. Uh, yeah. All right. And finally, Ian Titus writes in. Yay. My Yay. server has tits and an Adam's apple. Society is bullshit. Sincerely, Ian Titus. <laughs> Once again, just a couple of sentences. Not too much. Not he, too little. He's still got it. <laughs> wow. Paints the whole picture. Yeah. I swear to God, this guy should come out with his own line of fortune cookies. <laughs> yeah. Brevity is his strong suit. It is. It is. Thank you, Ian, for brightening our day in, in the way that you do. Uh, okay, how about this? Let's take ourselves a little break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Hop Revolution on the program, which I'm excited about. They're nice people. We're going to learn all about um, new hops, a new hop farm, the biggest one ever in New Zealand, when we come back right after this. to the program. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Before I introduce our guest, Kim Shimke just gave me a photo of a of a, a, a menu board at a at a brewery in Northern California. Not just in Northern California. Oh. I'm not going to give the brewery name because um, I'm going to make fun of their beer list, and I'm not here to disparage anybody in particular. But you can come visit them at the Hop Grenade here in Concord, <laughs> yeah, in Toto yeah. Santos Plaza. Well, okay. Maybe we should play a little game here. The beer menu I'm looking at, it's a digital menu, and it has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It has 13 beers listed on the menu. Oh, I bet there's a lot of diversity on that menu. Well, if you had to guess how many of those 13 beers are IPAs, what would your guess be? Fifteen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Sully, what do you think? Well, I mean, you know, the way you set it up, I'd have to say probably all of them. <laughs> just to be just right. play it safe. Uh, Eleven of the 13 beers on this list are IPAs. And there is one coming soon beer listed. Like, that's going to be tapped next. Also IPA? IPA. Of course. What the... Welcome to the New World Order. Now, okay, now we've talked about this before. Obviously, IPAs are popular. Great for our hop-focused show today. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, But still, this is a little ridiculous. Uh, Shimke, at this particular brewery, was there, like, an event happening? Like a... Like a tap takeover kind of deal? Or like a showcase IPA? Yeah, anything like that? Um, no. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) That is their board. Just normal every day? Just a normal... I was there yesterday... Just normal. Wow. Normal huh. Sunday. There, uh, the other two beers. What do you think, Beardy? Um, the what other styles? two, <laughs> a triple IPA. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would have. Pale ale. <laughs> Anybody else want to guess, Sully? What do you I'll think? Say, uh, I'll say a Vienna lager and a, and a bitter. <laughs> 
you know, close-ish. Uh, one was an American light lager, and the other was a Meritzen. Okay. Put those together, you get a Vienna lager. That's why I said close, <laughs> okay. you know. Uh, so I, I just had to bring it up, because we do, you know, I wish... I wish JP was here for that. Just to let him go off for 10 minutes <laughs> on that. Well, good thing he never leaves the house, so he wouldn't actually see that yeah. in a while. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen a lot, you know, I, I've never seen it like that before. That's a lot. That's, that's, oh, I know. That's, I seriously thought that. something was wrong. I'm like, that That can't be right, because right when you walk in, I mean, the three letters are, you know, they're right at you. I'm like, yeah. I, there can't be that many IPAs. No. And, <laughs> and then the coming soon was like... No, this can't. No, that is legitimately what their but menu they, board is. The coming soon is the kicker. Are they calling it IPAs and it's really something else? Is it like a four four you know percent? Everything's like an IPA. Is it like a stout IPA? Is it right. like a you know? Is it? Are they just using IPA as sort of a generic like? Uh... I'm glad you asked, Sully. <laughs> <laughs> so they do. All right. One is just called as a, as a session IPA. Okay. Four point six percent. Sixty IBUs. Uh, the next one's listed as an American, 80 IBUs, 6.5%. The next one's listed as a New England, 7%, 45 6.5%. IBUs. <laughs> yeah, right. the, next, uh, the next two are listed as American, both 7.5%. Um, JP is answering back, holy shit, where the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just texted him there. Yeah. I did. I just texted him the menu board. That yeah. was it. Uh, the next one is an Imperial, uh, which, by, okay, wait, wait. The two before are 7.5%. Okay. And uh, basically 80 IBUs. The next one is an Imperial, 8%. Whoa! <laughs> so I have a, and 100 IBUs. Uh, the next one is a Session. The next one's a New England. The next one's an American, and so on and so forth. The last one is another 8% wow. Imperial. So at wow. least four American IPAs on that list That's from the same brewery. Correct. Two Imperials, two Sessions, two Hazies. Uh. They can't taste different enough to justify that. Right. And with that, our guests today. What, wait, what an intro. What yeah. an intro. We all love hops here. Yeah, we love right. hops. In different ways. From uh, Hop Revolution, which is out of New Zealand, we have Susan Wheeler in the studio with us. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. We also have Jason Judkins, uh, also from, from Hop Revolution. And I, I was welcome, Jason. Thank you. I was explaining to everybody uh, at the beginning of the show that you all flew out. Out just to do this show, and we get people from Southern California who are like, oh, can we just phone in? Can I just do a call in? And you guys made the trek uh, from the uh, the other hemisphere. Yeah. The, we came here for seven weeks specifically for the show. <laughs> well, I gave you oh, a whole line of, th- lineup of things to do. Seven weeks? Yeah. You yeah. said they were got here yesterday. Shut up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Susan got here yesterday, right, Susan? I did. And yep. leaving tomorrow? For New York, yeah. Champions! Oh, wait a second. Um, but she didn't have to come to the West Coast. She came for the show. Beardy, okay. stop. It, it's your special, Justin. Thank you. It's all about you. We. This this part's we. Oh. Yeah. I get to be special, too? <laughs> if the show's really good, it's me. Right. Right now, so far, it's we. Okay, great. (laughs) Now, you guys are uh, uh, one of, if not New Zealand's newest hop farm, right? Mm -hmm. And and let me make sure that I have this right. You are farmers. You have a farm. You are not hop distributors. You are not a hop broker. You are growing hops. Do I have this right? Yeah. Okay. That's right. And how long have you been doing this? 
We are yet to grow a hop. Our first hop will come out in March. So we've been developing for about the last two years. But um, So I guess, yeah, we're the newest hop farmer without any hops growing. I love this. They're not <laughs> even in the ground. Oh, no, they're, they're in the ground. ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. In the Settle ground. down, Beardy. They're in the ground. They're in the ground. <laughs> okay. We haven't harvested and processed yet. Okay. So. Yes. But when you say in development for two years, what what does that mean? Does that mean you you still have grown some plants? You're getting your varietals down. What is what is what is two years of processing? You know. Well, the funny thing is, Hot Revolution actually goes back close on five years now. So it started as a research project. Um, all I wanted to do is my background. I'm a scientist, a plant scientist, and I used to work in the wine industry. And unfortunately, in New Zealand, the wine industry revolves around Marlborough Sauv Blanc. Okay. Unlike IPAs, mm. Sauv yep. Blanc has the same thing in New Zealand. It's 90% of the market. And as a scientist, that's really boring. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to study it. And when you say plant scientist, botanist is the same type of thing as a plant scientist, different than a botanist? Yeah, so I actually did a PhD in um, molecular biology. And okay. So Look at the big brain on Susan. <laughs> I like this. You're like the smartest person in this room. Obviously. Which, by the way, the bar was low. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but you overshot it. By yeah. 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 There's uh, a moonshot, Susan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> so you were a little bored with the wine industry, though. But I like to drink and I like to grow plants. So okay. hops was a natural progression for me to, to, to move into. Okay. And originally what I wanted to do was look at diversifying the growing regions in New Zealand for hops. So um, all the commercial hop farms are in a very small geographical area outside of Nelson, Mochueka. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see what flavors would happen if I grew the varieties in different areas. I see. And so we started trials, and it was it was really exciting. It was a fun research project to do. And then on the journey, it became apparent that it was much more a commercial endeavour that we could get into. So originally, okay. I wanted you know a ten acre farm to grow some hops for my brewer mates in New Zealand. And then on the journey, I connected with people that opened my eyes to what we could do commercially. Sure. And that came from American brewers who told me of their unmet demands. It came from New Zealand brewers who they needed more. And then it just came from people who could help me on my journey who were experienced in other horticultural industries. I love this. So you felt this sort of push behind you that, hey, this is not just research. This is a thing. Yeah. And there's not a lot of hop-growing regions on the planet. It's certainly not concentrated ones, right? Of course, we have uh, the Washington region in in the U.S., Yakima, Um, uh, Germans, right, Uh, Czech, and... And New Zealand? Am I? What am I? I guess there's, England. Some, there's England, of course, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and Australia. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. the, the funny thing is, sort of, when you look at where hops do grow, and you compare other crops, yeah, you know, the same crops that Yakima is good for apples, grapes, berries. You know, that's that's what grows well in New Zealand and more regions than just Nelson. I see. Okay. Now, in the history of this show, uh, we have, I I won't say we've heard a lot about New Zealand hops, but we've heard about New Zealand hops. We've talked about them with brewers who have used them. Um, I think they came up quite a bit in our early years when it came to organic hops. And if I remember right, I haven't even spoken to you guys about this, but if I remember right, 
by law, New Zealand hops, at least at the time, I don't know if it's the same, had to be organic. That was just, You guys don't even call them organic. You just call it growing shit without <laughs> stuff on it. But it says on the label, growing <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, so New Zealand was lucky because obviously hops aren't native to New Zealand. So the varieties um, that we have that we grow have no disease resistance. So we don't have powdery, we don't have downy, we don't have black spot. So a lot of the things that make hop growing difficult for an American hop grower, yeah. we don't have to worry about. Wow. Which makes us very lucky. And it means that we can focus on stuff like not spraying pesticides and fungicides throughout the growing season. Yeah. How do you prevent that? Shouldn't that be a concern? Don't invite Americans to your hop farm. <laughs> oh, right. We do have very strict biosecurity rules, and you're right. So with us, when we go back to New Zealand, um, none of us are allowed to wear our clothes back on the farm. We have to dispose of them. Yeah. That's just a rule we have. Um, the same when we have people from America visit the farms, we make sure that we give them boots and we have disinfectant and stuff like that. That's really wow. smart. That's yeah. Because that's serious. Because you are very lucky and no one wants to be the one to screw that up. Right. Do not invite the Brewing Network to New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. We're, just, we're just good You want to infect the fields. It'll be the whole <laughs> yeah. You can't country. Right. It'll be Pressure washers won't be enough. That's all right. We'll just spray you down before you come on the farm. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Let's get that on video. Hosing down area. <laughs> right. Well, let me back up for just a second because I want to talk about how we met. Uh, and, and I like this story uh, because uh, Jason, you're the CEO of, of Hopper Evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason reached out to me and said, hey, we have this new company, and we have what we think is a really cool logo, and we didn't know about you, but we did some research, and we found out about you, and I want you to take a look at the logo, and I hope maybe it's different enough, and that it's okay, and, and will you take a look? And, um, and he sends me a logo with a, with a variation of a hop grenade on it. And, and immediately, I'm like, I write back... Uh, First of all, Jason, you, you, did you write back like a couple of them? And you kept deleting it. You were like, this is way too yeah. hard. Because yeah. I mean, you probably went to the deep end of the pool, yeah. I can imagine. Fuck yeah. off! Yeah. Get your own look! Yeah. 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 I'm like cursing the whole country. Yeah. I can't do that. Delete, 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 yeah. delete, delete. They seem like yeah. nice people. Yeah. I'd like you to meet my friend John at the Beer Law Center. Yeah. It took me seven days. Um, actually, the first thing I wrote back was I said, well, Jason, first of all, it is very kind of you uh, to even have uh, reached out like this because most often what happens is that either people know about it and don't care or didn't even bother to do a Google search of any kind and I find out about it much later and then it's a whole thing and it, and it becomes increasingly difficult. So I, I, first, I just thanked you for even being that nice. And then, of course, secondly, unfortunately, all <laughs> the hop grenades belong to me and I just I can't because it's it dilutes and it's it's a whole thing and and I hate sending that email um, uh, that part of it of course and so I'm always worried about the the answer back and and Jason writes back understood yeah no problem um, we're gonna we're gonna work on another logo and I'll send that to you and I'm like well, you, do, you don't even have to do that like just don't use I don't have to see it but uh, ended up coming up with a, a killer logo 
And and as he sends it back, he said, this is our logo. What do you think? I said, I, I think that's a great logo. No problem here. And Jason goes on to say, and by the way, now that we've met, can we talk? Can we hang out? Can we have some beer together? Can we work together? You turn the page. Whoa. And yeah. nobody ever does that. I'm in, a, I'm in the middle of a lawsuit right now because of these things happening. And, and, and you two are the first to just be so nice about it. I don't know if that's a Kiwi thing. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a, uh, a Kiwi thing. But, uh, yeah, we're... Reaching out with fingers crossed. So back in the office when I sent that email to you, yeah. it was about hey we'll, we'll meet up with CBC and Susan and I will smooze them, we'll smooze them and we'll get them over. <laughs> then he sent, sent back the email saying, mate, I've been defending this for 17 years. Every yeah. month I've been defending it and I've got to got to keep it clean. So we thought, oh well, let's try and turn this into a into a friendship because we didn't have many friends up here. We're only just starting out, so sure. we thought we'd give it a go, but. We'd still printed some gear, so we had uh, we had two boxes of uh, of hats and t-shirts with the, with the hop grenade logo. So they're all gone now. But um, here's a couple that we brought up for you just for fun. Yeah, here. <laughs> I didn't my... even notice the NZ on this. I thought it was just another like yeah. a new hop grenade yeah. hat from the VN. So. Have you got my camera on there, Beam? Yeah. And so and then even with this, Jason's like, well, we already had some merch done, but don't worry, we'll destroy it. And I'm like, you don't have to. That's okay. You don't have to like destroy. I just picture like a bonfire out of or the- it's going to the losing NFL team, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. you know, they had them printed anyway. But uh, I get, we have the last pieces now, you've right? Got the, you got the last two. Wow! So I've got a shirt and I got a hat, and uh, you even got the right size. Yep. Thanks for not thinking I'm a big fatty uh, on the air, <laughs> and um, I, I'm going to wear it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought it was a, a, a very cool way that we met, and that just doesn't happen that often. I'm not saying that everybody's a dick once they find out we have the logo, but nobody ever reaches out and says what do you think of this so so i'm, I'm kind of on you if that, yeah that's awesome but i'm curious like did you see their logo and decide like we'll do a variation of no, it we, it was yeah. just like you just kind of came up in your own what, space um, and like what what's what, what was interesting in this is we've got some designers in, in new zealand paul and paula dashwood and they're a lovely couple work from home and uh, and they were doing our design and i went around to their house when they presented it to susan and i and we're sitting there and they're going we've got this great concept you know make it edgy you know this is what we could do this this hop and uh you know it looks kind of like a grenade but isn't that cool with the revolution thing uh-huh. they were so sincere about it and then when we came back and said look you know there's there's um there's this potential issue up in the, in the states we're going to reach out to justin and see what he thinks they were heartbroken oh no yeah. absolutely heartbroken yeah, but yeah but you know what we we reflect on it and it's been a good journey you know it was good we're really pleased with what we ended up with good uh, we're pleased to make the relationship here and you've got an unofficial office down in Nelson when you turn up. So I love it not, so eh? much. I you're love saying, it. though, that your, your logo is better than this hopper. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Now you're done with that. <laughs> well, and, and here's what I... Uh, I do think that oftentimes when the hop grenade even gets used here, it's not that somebody saw mine and took it. I think it's... It, you know what makes a great logo is when it's recognizable and people think of it, and you're like, oh, obviously it's a hop grenade. That's part of what makes it. A, so I, it doesn't surprise me. I think you're 100% sincere, and I think other folks who have who have ended up uh, taking the hop grenade were, were sincere also when they said, oh, we didn't know about you. It's only on occasion that I find my exact drawing, <laughs> my exact logo, and then I'm like... Come on, guys! This now this is ridiculous. It's hard, man. I mean, it's you got to defend it. I mean, like you said, I mean, you're nice people, but you know, you have to 
yeah. you have to sort of say, no, I gotta, I, I'm sorry about that, but because it's a slippery slope because if you don't defend it, it invites other people. We've had that same thing happen with us, people using names, people using our name, yeah. and you always have to have a funny conversation with them and eventually, you know, say, hey, come on, man. That's, right. Uh, anyway. Good on you. That's awesome. That's a good and, story. And in the beer industry, I do think most of us try to just do it uh, a person to person before yeah. it ever gets weird. Uh, but you know, sometimes it just does. That's key. Yeah. Okay. So anyhow, fast forward. Now we get to know you, and uh, and I'm and I'm also happy about that. So let me ask a little bit just about. Uh, Hops in the country of New Zealand. If I could get a, a, just a little history uh, there, I mean, it, it does does New Zealand have a long history of growing hops, just like England, for example? Yeah. So I mean, when you look back in in New Zealand's history, obviously we were settled by a lot of European settlers um, around the eighteen fifties to you know late eighteen nineties. Okay. And when you're travelling halfway across the world, you want to be self sufficient. So <laughs> there were a lot of people who moved from England and from Europe who took hops with them. So there's hop plants um, that have been historically in New Zealand since that time. Okay. Uh, the industry sort of became an industry probably in about the 1930s where okay. the, you know growers started growing commercially to sell to big breweries. And so the industry was probably domestic right up until, you know, the early 90s. Most of the hops would have stayed I just see. in New Zealand for New Zealand breweries. And, and for what we would call macro breweries, big, large breweries, exactly. which is what, like a VB? Oh, that's Australian. Australian. Wow. What's a big New Zealand brewery? Um, we have a Lion and DB are the two big breweries. DB. I was close. Yeah. They were letters. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. So, I mean, up until uh, the early 80s, they brewed all the beer in New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then what happens in the early 80s? Well, that's when um, a person who is associated with Hop Revolution came along. So Terry McCashin, um, in New Zealand, he was famous to begin with because he was an All Black, which is a rugby player, which in New Zealand is obviously a big thing. Um, Can I ask a dumb question? You don't, ref- like, All Black doesn't mean like a black person. <laughs> Sorry, it's the, I name, don't know it's what the a, name of our national team. So because, our, our rugby team. Just checking, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Every <laughs> New Zealand listener we have right now is like, fucking Justin. Come on. Are the Oakland Raiders Raiders? Are they actually Raiders? <laughs> they, is that what they did before? I mean, the 49ers I don't know what clearly all, mine for gold. I don't know what an All Black is. <laughs> the, u- the uniform was All Black. It was Thank a very you. original name. Okay. So Terry um, was a publican, so he ran, you know, a, 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 a small um, pub that sold obviously Lion and DB's beer, and right. he then decided that he was going to set up New Zealand's first independent brewery. Nice, yeah. So okay. that was back in the early eighties, um, and a lot of us who, you know, sort of moved from drinking mass beer um, that your parents might have drunk would move to to Max, which was, you know, Terry's beer, his label is what I drank through my uni days. Okay. Um, and then... And give me, give us an idea of the size, because if he's kind of the first craft brewer, you can do it in hectoliter. Sully will convert it for and me. I can't do that. I'm afraid I, I wouldn't be able to pull Not those too sure. But he would have been small, right? Very small. Okay. Very small. And so, you know, probably similar to a lot of people here in America, you know, when you're trying to crack into what was then, you know, a very difficult industry 
to crack into. He yeah. had trouble, you know, getting a license from the government to be able to, you know, brew mm, beer and sure. do all of that. Um, and so he was very successful. Um, as a lot of the stories happen, he then sold the brewery to one of the big guys. Okay. Um, his family left the beer industry for 10 years. It was a restraint of trade. And then they bought back their old brewery and set up oh. another beer label. That's cool. Huh. And he heard about, you know, my interest in, in growing hops and looking at diversifying into new growing regions and, um, you know, wanting to deal directly with brewers. And um, I was lucky enough that he he financed the company from that point. Wow. Okay, oh, I wanted right. to get at that. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't know if, for example, you're a trust fund baby that we is what we would call. <laughs> right. Because most scientists who come in here are like, yeah, well, I'm a fucking scientist. I have nothing <laughs> except my brain and my science. Well, and, and a very supportive husband okay. who is a painter, a tradie, who funded the company for its first two years as a startup. Okay. So I owe him a lot of beer and enduring gratitude from here. Yes, okay. Um, uh, but Terry was the one that led us... Um, uh, buy our first hop farm. Wow, so, that's know, great. He, he he took a huge risk on, on a very unproven scientist who had a bit of a crazy idea, and um, <laughs> we're, we're internally grateful for that. That's great. So you bought an existing hop farm? No, so oh. a completely bare block. So there was um, it was growing uh, black currants and uh, beef at the oh. time that we bought it. So it's in the hop-growing region. Um, it was a beautiful piece of land. Um, the story is we actually bought it without sitting foot on the land. Sight but we, unseen. Whoa. But we knew where it was and we knew... Bought it on knew, eBay then. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, we went in at a very large scale for New Zealand. So the, the block of land itself, I convert to acres for you, was probably about 400 acres. Wow. Okay. Um, of which about 300 will end up under hops. So, can you give us a reference, like w- what would be the average hop farm size beside that? So, so there's some larger ones going in now, but probably mostly about 50 acres is, wow. a, is a hop farm hmm. in New Zealand. So, you know, it's it's family owned. It's often you know multi generational. Um, th- they've got you know their processing on site, their harvesters on site, and. You know, one thing that we've learned is it's very hard to do this on scale with your own money. Yeah. So you know. So let me ask you. That, okay. So four hundred acres. This 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 farm. And Terry comes in. He's going to help. Right. Is is it your idea to go that big, or is he encouraging you? Because I might be a little nervous oh. about four hundred acres. <laughs> so the scientist and me kept on wanting to do small scale trials over many years to prove we could do it, and, yeah. and and that was the beauty of Terry. He was a he was a visionary, and it didn't scare him. I would say that both of us were slightly ignorant of what we were getting into at the beginning, yeah. and 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 looking back now, sort of two years down the track, where we. St- you know, we're still putting posts in the ground and, mm-hmm. you know, our harvesters are still being, you know, finished off. Um, we were overly ambitious, yeah, but yeah, we've yeah. actually managed to pull it off, which okay. is, you know, perhaps the most exciting thing of all. Wow. Yeah. So you wouldn't say you, you bit off more than you could chew, but but that's not exactly where you started out. You and Terry just ended up okay going for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there's, and there's something in that that, you know, looking back on now is so exciting that we did just jump in boots and all and yeah. just just go for it you know we talk to brewers who who come in here and they're like oh we you know we just bought a seven barrel system to start and almost i, I can't really remember a brewer who doesn't regret that 
who doesn't come in. Of course, if they make good beer and they, they become successful, they, they, they're always like, oh, I should have done. should have done at least 15. Now I'm, mm-hmm. I bought a 15 two years later. Now I'm buying a 30 two years after that. And you might have ended up in the same boat if you didn't just kind of go for it, right? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, the difference is in, you know, American hop farms, you know, we would be considered small. Mm. Um, but it's just, you know, geographically we're quite constrained by land. It's hard. We don't have the large um, tracts of flat land that you do in places like Yakima or Oregon. Right. It sounds to me like like 400 acres is like half of your country, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Your country is, what, at least 850? Right. And there's also uh, sheep grazing in the hops, I think. Yeah, yeah they have to share there, it. Yeah. There is indeed ho- sheep in the hop farm. There is? So, yeah, I'm sorry, nice, you're not nice. joking. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Okay, well, that's okay. So that's cool. And now uh, we'll... This year be your your first full harvest of this of this ranch of this farm. Yeah. So so everything's gearing up for March next year. So obviously we're just coming to the end of our winter. Mm-hmm. So you know the farm's starting to wake up. We we're, we're up here. This is the last opportunity Jason and I have to do the sort of visits to the states before before you know, you're stuck on that we're, farm. We're mm. we're into it for the next six months. Okay. So um, March is where we're heading to that's that's our harvest okay now uh how is the relationship with other hop growers in new zealand is it you know craft beer in america is pretty uh, we're all pretty kind yeah, to each other collaborative. We all get along you need a sack of grain you need some ideas so you mentioned these sort of sixth generation farmers and now you're the new kids uh, how do, how does that uh play what do you think? Uh, well, for me, I'm new too. So I'm only new into the into the hop industry since the beginning of the year. I'm from, also from the wine industry. And we're, in New Zealand, there's a lot of collaboration. So we, we tend to work together really well at a farm level. And, um, and the existing hop growers have been really generous to us and, and helping us learn and, and teaching us stuff. And there's another player in, in the industry outside of there's New Zealand hops and us and another player. Okay. And, um, you know, and, and with more entrants coming in, we're forming a, an industry association. And, you know, we're really wanting to, 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 to do the right thing by the industry. So um, I think with, with all things, when there's change, there's a little bit of, you know, everyone just finding their place. Yeah. But um, no, we all get on really well, and and people, as I said, have been very helpful to us and and teaching us the ropes. I mean, I can imagine you're going to sell every hop you grow, right? There's, it, it's still a small enough amount that no one's going to have trouble selling more hops. Right? No. How many pounds are you going to get out of the first year? So we're hoping for around two hundred thousand pounds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, across how many varieties? Uh, three. Okay. Yeah. So the, the hardest thing for what we hear from brewers in the states, in particular, is um, the limit. The limited volumes of New Zealand hops yep. is actually to the detriment. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, when when a brewer can only do a one-off brew with New Zealand hops because that's all you can get, mm. you're never going to get into their production beers, which is you know mm-hmm. ideally where you want to end up. So. You know the, the industry when you compare, you know, citrus at I think twelve thousand acres currently planted. Now the entire New Zealand industry putting everyone together is less than you know two and a half thousand acres. Okay, of across hmm. you know that's across seventeen varieties. Wow. So we're very very small scale. Interesting. So you you were kind of nodding like you have some experience with New Zealand hops. Yeah, I mean you just can't get them. I mean you're exactly right. I mean when you you know they seem to be tied up. You and you certainly 
can't scale it for a production beer that you want to put out year round. We all we just do these one offs, you know, mostly. And I mean, I've heard of brewers going to New Zealand to develop relationships with farmers down there to say, "Hey, uh, make sure you take care of me," kind of thing. Right, you know, sort of avoiding. Uh, the larger suppliers here in the United States just actually uh, going to Farmer Direct and developing those relationships. So, yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's. I don't think you have any problem at all. I mean, it's, it's not that. a lot of hops anyway. I mean, you think about where that where all that's going to go. I mean, United States, like it's probably good to you know Europe. I mean, there's a lot of demand for for those hops everywhere. And the direct to brewer is. It sounded to me like you mentioned that that's your that's your model, right? Well, that's the beauty for me as a scientist. When I when I'm thinking about how I grow hops better for someone, my client is the brewer. It's yeah. it's ultimately they're the ones that are going to highlight my hops, and so that feedback from them is really important. It's like a winemaker and a and a grape grower. You know, they the winemaker stipulates what they want from the grape grower, and I, I'd like that relationship with with my brewers. Yeah, is, uh, you know, I ultimately. Hop Revolution will grow better hops by having the brewers involved. Sure, you need that feedback too. Yes. So going back to the name, I mean, what's so what's the what's the setup down there right now? Do most farmers sell to a broker, and then that's are they they're not selling direct to brewers? I mean, we we, we would get hops from our suppliers up here that are essentially like middle people that middle people can <laughs> be yeah. to be that's middle right. persons. Yeah, uh, very, men. very politically uh, correct. Yeah, look at that. Hey, just trying to help people. out here. Yeah. Um, and so are you, uh, is your name, is it revolutionary in a sense because you're disrupting sort of the no- normal business paradigm that exists down there? Or? I suppose Hot Revolution was named before it was a commercial entity and my husband and I were sitting around having to come up with a business name to Thinking about a hot grenade, so. And, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we're both old punkers, so we're kind of naturally oh. aligned with that. Um, but it is, I mean, it, you know, we get to come in fresh. We don't have those existing mm-hmm. long relationships where, you know, brokers were, you know, they they were needed in the hop industry, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 30 years ago. And so, you know, with the craft beer industry now being so big, you know, and, and brewers wanting to be able to come and have direct relationships and visit the farm and, and, and be involved in that side. Um, we're lucky we get to start afresh. Yeah, yeah. Are, do you guys have the processing in-house or are there centralized processors in New Zealand? No, so so for each, we're, we're going to do more than one farm. So this is our first one. So we're, we're processing everything on farm up to a bale form. And then uh, for this year, we're um, we're sending up through cold store through through a cold store reefer up into Mill ninety five in Idaho, and they're palletizing for us. Okay. From, from there, we'll distribute directly in the U.S. from Mill ninety five. Because the U.S. is your focus, you you'd like to get the hops in our hands here. Yeah. Look, the the, the U.S. is our focus. From um, from when the farm has been set up, we have had a number of brewers come down and brokers come down from different parts of the world. Um, you know, Russia, Europe, UK, Asia. Um, but what we thought we really wanted to start in the U.S. and we're really starting small guys like we we are. We, we're just going with, you know, twenty five or thirty brewers that we think we could have a good relationship with going into this year. Um, you know, who want to come to the farm, work with us to to grow the best quality hops we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, our slogan is we're really only here for your beer. So we we really <laughs> want to make the best beer we can. And and so we just want to start small and then not overpromise. Yeah, because you know, we, we're learning, right? We've, we've got a bit to learn. We think we're doing it really well. We've got the best quality equipment. We've got great investors who believe in quality. Come from different parts of New Zealand agri who have seen it before and, and know what to do. 
and um, you know we're getting in the best people we can but you know we're going to make mistakes on this journey and, and we've got a lot to learn we're not a sixth generation hop grower yeah uh, we're not here to say we've, we've got the best hops but what we are here to say is we think you know we can achieve you know aim for the stars and we'll get to the moon you know that type of concept so well now i want to yeah. follow along the whole this whole journey mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're willing to make mistakes talk about mistakes now i want to i, I want to keep checking and just finding out what is happening as is when when is harvest time for you well ha- harvest is in march, march. Okay. so um yeah mm-hmm. it's it's funny we're, we're talking about the farm and we're going to make some mistakes and different risks are going to come along and should we talk? Susan and I are sharing an Airbnb at the moment. We were just talking about it this morning. We look on our newsfeed, and there's this thing called the what you guys would have known in the northern hemisphere, the beast from the east, yeah. which is the southern. For us, it's going to be the southern atmospheric uh, weather change over the Antarctic. So, looking at it, what they're forecasting is 25 to 40 degree centigrade, which I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit. It's hot. Uh, temperature it's changes hot. Yeah, too hot. Temperature changes over the Antarctic in the next couple of weeks, which is going to that warm air is going to push the cold air out, which is going to push a whole lot of cold air out into the Pacific. Okay, and uh, which will mean September, October, we could you know have a higher rate of frosting. So we're looking at this. We've got a few hundred thousand of. Uh, I'm you know, afraid of, of for you, plants. right? Yeah. And, you know, so we're looking at that, going, you know, hey, there's going to be some challenges here, but um, yeah, yeah, we we do have some challenges in front of us, but it's really exciting. Sure. Normal, normally, what kind of latitude is comparable? Are you more like at Oregon level or Washington level for a growing region? More like um, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Like so Oregon. higher rainfall. So okay. we, you know, naturally have. Um, Higher rain through summer, um, and not quite as hot, obviously, okay. as Yakima. So the rain's good, right? Rain is good. Okay, because hops are just thirsty, 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 right? Yeah. yeah. It's weird to me about Yakima because it's it's kind of desert so with, yeah. with the heat, but they're just pumping in a ton of water, right? Because it's still they just need tons of water, right? Okay. And I imagine your typical humidity is probably higher. Than where the growing regions yeah, are here in the Yeah, and that's US. and that's going to be one of the interesting things for us when we come to doing our processing and having to have hops, you know, dried to a certain level. We, mm. We're trying to work out how quickly we can get them into, you know, a temperature and humidity controlled environment. Mm. Otherwise, they'll just suck water from the air. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, our, 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 our Tapawera farm, Tapawera is a little, a little tiny town actually between Nelson and Mochawaka, so in the hop growing area. If you can picture it, it's um, it's on a river plain, so there's a there's a really beautiful river right beside it, and it's surrounded by mountains, so it's it's got its own microclimate there. Um, great for great for water supply. It's a it's a very well watered property. Okay. Um, very cold nights, really hot days. So I see. It's, it's a good area for for hop growing and, and other crops. To be honest, sounds beautiful. Yeah. What do you uh, what do you what do you have what do you have in ground? What kind of varietals? So we're really focused, obviously, on Nelson um, Seven. So that that that's our um, that's almost half the farm. Uh, then Rewaka and Mochweka. Um, we've got a small amount of a older New Zealand variety called Pacific Sunrise, which was in the market probably ten, fifteen years ago, but was quite challenging to grow. So we're hoping with some of the new technologies with harvesters and that we'll be able to grow that more successfully. Okay. But we we've really been brewer led. So over the years, talking to brewers, you know, those same three varieties just come up time and time again. So and from American brewers too. That's what they keep asking for here. Very much so. Yeah, and, and New Zealand brewers too. I mean, New Zealand brewers themselves. You know, a lot of them are, are struggling to get the the rewalker that they mm-hmm. they would like. And so that's actually what's happened is the New Zealand brewers get to 
call the rewalker before the Americans. So uh, they take pretty much most of the current supply. Got it. I'm a little surprised to hear Nelson. And only because I just hear mixed reviews about it from brewers. Uh, it's one of those, I feel like, love it or hate it hops. Yeah, very distinctive. Mm-hmm. I love it. In fact, from the very first beer I had with it, I was like, oh, this one, this hop is going to take off in America. <laughs> and it really didn't. It's sort of like a, it's a boutique hop. And anytime I see a Nelson beer on in the U.S., I order it every time. Which well, means you can't get it. And maybe, yeah, that too. <laughs> but it's a little, it's kind of a polarizing hop, yeah. don't you think? Well, and I think it's one very much um, driven by harvest maturity and, mm. and processing. So, so for us, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that the investors are supporting us to have a on-farm lab. So we're going to have you know, a, a large amount of, of science that we're going to do during the harvest windows to figure out you know, what flavour profiles we get from Nelson you know, from an early pick right. from a particular block. And, and that's where working with brewers and showing them what the hop looks like from different sites and from different you know, harvest maturities. Sure. It's going to be really exciting to, to, to figure out what flavours they do or don't like. That's really interesting that, uh, that like when you're going to actually harvest it because I was talking to a hop farmer up in uh, Yakima and he was saying all hops go to garlic at some point mm. and so uh, you know maybe your you know a typical Nelson hop is you know it was certainly going to have a lot of variety and like working with a supplier is like well you know what do you or a brewer excuse me like what you know what do you like what you know what aspect of this hop do you like yeah I mean I, I'm just really intrigued with the idea of you know presenting you know brewers with the same hop and seeing what they do with it because to me it's it's an ingredient so I can do so much on the farm but then I could give that same lot of hops to 10 different brewers and you will make 10 different beers out of it yeah mm-hmm. They probably all have ten different stupid opinions about it. Too. They do. It's <laughs> so like, funny. That's, yeah. the way har- that's the way hop harvest is. You go for selection, <laughs> and it's like one man's gold is another, you know, man's crap. Yeah. You know, yeah. You'll see, like, you know, these bro- these, uh, you know, your hop supplier will be sitting there during the during the, the selection process, and you'll be talking about, oh, these are crap, and then the next bunch will come in here and be like, these are amazing. Sure, like, sure. You know, it's like Centennials. I always use that as a prime example. Centennial hops even have, have real dank, you know. Uh, qualities to them, but sometimes you get these really bright, like citrus, you know, high notes to it. And so, mm-hmm. some uh, brewers prefer the dank ones, and other ones prefer the uh, sort of the higher, uh, right, uh, more fruity aspects. So, and so, is your guys's plan to just kind of make one version of Nelson, or since you're working with so few breweries, will you kind of uh, be more selective and okay, this brewery would like an earlier harvest Nelson, and so kind of stagger the harvest? Well, I mean, for us. Uh, a lot of it will be, you know, the first year we will we will do what we think is best practice on the farm, mm-hmm. and then after we, you know, spend the time with the brewers and getting their feedback, that's going to then influence on farm practices for the following years. Yeah, well, and even if you guys end up with with more acreage or more varieties too, I've just I've been learning from talking to farmers recently too that some farmers will pick varieties based on their their harvest time because if everything has to be harvested at the same time you you don't have enough equipment for that so you start to even plant and choose your varieties based on the amount of equipment you have, the amount of labor that you have, and they'll, you know, you, you end up having to pick that way too. Yeah, and I mean, we were pretty fortunate convincing our investors um, to let us overspec on the on the harvesting processing side, mm. um, based around um, our Nelson. So, yeah, you yeah. know, we wanted to plant as much as we could, and 
you know, we'll be we'll be harvesting twenty four hours a day through that window, but right. we actually won't be using our equipment to capacity at other times. Wow, that's amazing! Because that's the pinch point of, of the, the whole product. It's not the yeah. acreage; it's the processing equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, we've got very expensive equipment that is only going to get used at capacity for probably 10 days, maybe, you know, three weeks. Sure. So is, is 10 days to three weeks how long it'll take you to process that 200 acres of So it, it'll be slightly more than that. So, so you know, we've got, we've got probably... Yeah, we've probably got 10 days for the Nelson. That's what we've... we've 24-7. 24-7. Wow. Yikes. I don't want to be around during that. That's a lot of overtime. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with you that, during that time, Susan. I feel like it's going to be a very stressful time. Well, We're on the farm. I, I do I do a lot of, like, you know, Where's me Susan on the farm. Ask. But, you know, we've got an amazing team down there. We've got farm managers. Um, yeah, we've yeah. got, we've got you know, a permanent crew. We'll be looking at harvest crews. Um, I kind of swan in and, and do the do the science side and then swan out and leave a list of, of, of chores for others. Smart. I like your style already. Well, let's do this. I've got more questions, uh, a lot more, actually. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we come back. Uh, we'll find a little bit more about the, the other varieties that you're that you're planting as well. And I'm just I'm curious about this whole process. I, we, we've never gotten to speak to uh, a hot farm that that's so new. So I think it's really fun to to learn about. Um, well. The nervousness and the excitement and all the cool stuff happening. So hang in there. When we come back, a little more from Hop Revolution. Hey, motherfuckers. This is Doug from fucking Society. You're listening to the session on the fucking Bruin Network. Fuck you. Dougie, so he's so angry. Welcome back to the session. You're hanging out with us here and Hop Revolution. And this next segment is brought to you by Beersmith Brewing Software. You can go to beersmith.com and check it out. Of course, they offer a free 21-day trial. You know that. I've been telling you for years. So you don't have to take my word for it, but they are awesome. It's the best brewing software you will find. They've got support for mead, wine, and cider also. they got a water profile tool built right into the recipe builder. Mash pH estimation and adjustment. They've got it all. Go to Beersmith.com right now and check it out and get your free 21-day trial. And they've been good to us over the years, so tell Brad over there, Brad Smith, who writes it, that uh, we sent you. All right, so we are still speaking with Jason and Susan from Hop Revolution, and we've got more to talk about. And one thing I was thinking about uh, during the break... um, I was thinking about the amount of money that you people must be spending on this uh, on this uh, endeavor because I know how expensive it is to bring a hop to market, and I was thinking about that in relation to the scale, in the sense that just because you have less acreage doesn't mean it's less expensive to bring a hop to market. And I relate it to uh, I have to relate it to just something I know, which is the restaurant business a little bit, and. Uh, Sometimes customers will order a half order of salad or whatever it is. I'll take the half order, right? And they assume then that the price should be half the price, but it's not half the price. Uh, you know, if if a, if a if the full order of a salad is $18, a half order is probably about $15 because you still have to turn on the lights and you still have to pay the staff and you still have to buy the farm equipment and you still So I I think you see what I'm getting at here. The it's even more difficult for you folks with the smaller scale, and it probably costs you just as much as some of those in the U.S. doing a larger scale of something to sell. And I wonder, you you all are clearly smarter than I am, how you're, you're coping with that from a, a business model perspective. It must be a very long-term 
plan that you all have. Jason? <laughs> Susan's handballed that one to me. Yeah, she's, Jason, you do this. There is a plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, 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 there is a plan. And um, Susan took the story with Terry up until about um, mid last year and um, when, when Terry passed away. Okay. And so uh, Terry passed away suddenly. Well, I'm sorry and, about that. And the, the, the McCashin family were, were unsure, you know, where to go from there. And. Um, they, were, they decided to, to bring in an independent chairman who has got a lot of experience in New Zealand agriculture from our kiwi fruit and, and, and apple industry. Okay. And uh, he came in and said, look, there's, there's really something here. Uh, we need to take this forward. And, and so formed a board, uh, formed a management team. Great. And, um, and then brought investors around this. And, and so the investors that have come in behind, um, behind us at Hop Revolution are – you know, a lot of seasoned agricultural investors who have seen and been there in kiwi fruit and apples and grapes, and and um, and they understand it, and so they're there for the long term. And okay, majority of which is New Zealand money. There's a little that's a little bit that comes from the US and a little bit from other other areas, but mostly from New Zealand. And and it's um, and it's a lot of money. So we're talking, yeah, you know, around two hundred and fifty odd thousand dollars a hectare, which is. You know what's that? Uh, two and a half acres, two hundred fifty thousand, two and a half acres for the whole setup of the farm. You know, yeah, so yeah. In New Zealand dollars, we're talking over twenty million dollars. So it's you know it's a big investment, and it is. Yeah, and I don't want to mislead our, our listeners either because uh, you know it is easy to talk about how much it costs in this long term investment, right? But there, there's money in hops, and so it's a smart investment. And I, so I don't mean to say that you, that it's a dumb investment or that this is crazy. But it is a long-term game, and it's a and it's a lot on the line, and mm. I think that's why I bring it up. Mm. Because when you bring these wonderful hops to to fruition, mm. well, then great, okay, we've done it. Mm. But it, it's a long play, mm. and that that I guess would be the scary part for me. Well, and the hard thing for us, I mean, you know, we slightly joke about our our logo that we're only we're really only here for your beer, but as a hop grower i have no secondary market to sell my hops into right i can't convince the brewer to put them in his beer i can't you know go and make a food additive or a flavor compound or anything like that no so you know being dependent on basically a sole customer is quite scary and 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 not only that but you know a, a customer that can source hops from many countries in the world and different you know distribution models and streams um whether or not they want to deal with, you know, an independent farm halfway across the world yeah. um, was a real unknown, and, and especially for a startup. I mean, you know, I've talked to some of the brewers um, who I've been in contact with for four years, and four years ago, Hot Revolution was an idea. Right. You know, and they've, they've, they've been on the journey with me to the point that, you know, we were about to have our first harvest, and some of them have been quite forthright that they didn't think I would ever get there, and yeah. are quite surprised that, you know, we're now standing on a very professional farm with very expensive equipment um, set up to, <laughs> yeah. you know, world-class um, standards. So, right, right. you know, the, the disbelief from them is, you know, encouraging and discouraging at the same time. Sure. Um, but that's that's what we're aiming for. Yeah, and the, the brewers are making a big investment too, buying hops from us. So when we rock up to a brewery with a printed T-shirt, 
and a hit. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. They're talking to me through the window. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, okay. sorry. He's yeah. giving me funny hints. Like right. Not you. I'm sorry. They're talking to me through the window. Yeah. My friends from Canada are leaving right now. Bye, friends. Goodbye, Canadian friends. Goodbye. Forgive me, Jason. Forgive yeah. me. They're not as nice as the New Zealand. They look like fun friends. We should bring them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so when we rock up with a printed T-shirt, you know, and they're looking at us and we're knowing they're, they're making a big investment in our hops and we're yet to produce one, um, you know, I, you know, that's a pretty courageous decision for a brewer to make. And, you know, they've been following Susan on Instagram for a while, and some of them have been to the farm and seen it, but a lot haven't. Sure. So, um, you know, we've got a lot to prove, and, and, and we want to do the best quality hops that we can. But, you know, we live or die on the quality, right? So, sure. And our investors, um, you know, they They, they, they understand that. that. Yep. And so do we. And it yeah. sounds like you guys are doing it the right way so far. I've actually I – did, I did a little research on you. I asked some brewers, and you know what? You already have a little name. Some 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 great brewers that I know were like, oh oh yeah, I checked them out. I went to the farm, or I know about them, and that you guys are doing it right. You're you're putting in what you have to to do it right, which is, I mean, you just be silly not to with the amount of cash we're talking about here, right? So yeah, but it sounds you know it sounds like a, it's a relationship business. I mean, this whole industry is. I mean, you've gotten to know the brewers. You, I mean, look, mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. sucks about you know being a brewer in the United States and going out to New Zealand and running around down there and seeing what you're doing. I mean, that is like instant marketing. I mean, you just got to tap into that, <laughs> like you know, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And, and then they're going to come back and tell their friends. I'm already you know planning my trip right now. There's uh, sheep rides yeah. right in their sheep right. rides. The, yeah. Right, yeah. There's all kinds of things to do. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's just awesome. I mean, you have like this built-in little marketing, you know, model that sort of which I'm sure you've thought about. I think like, that's you called know. a tax-deductible holiday. Yeah, that's what it's all I hear yes, too. I just exactly. You guys have a, you guys have a bed and breakfast on the farm <laughs> right. right now. Right? I saw Sully on his phone last segment. I think he booked a flight. Yeah, yeah. I'm already there. So. I'm actually in the airport after here. I'm going to beat you back there. Yeah, um, yeah. Be I'll, I'll be you. there with you know clean boots on uh, <laughs> and your sheep shears. The camper van holiday is, is one of the New Zealand's most famous holidays. So getting in a camper van, traveling around the South Island of New Zealand, mm-hmm. staying on the farm, you know. People are welcome to do that and come yeah, down and visit. Oh, so, yeah, I love that's this. Super popular, yeah. Damn yeah, it. Now i got to yeah. ship my little Volkswagen camper out there. It's going to be. Oh, oh, put the oh, bunker on a barge. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> Send it right. down. The bunker floats, dude. I'll just drive that thing right across <laughs> uh, the ocean. The, 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 the roof lets a lot of water in. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so you mentioned the, the varietals that you're doing, and and... And I'm curious how it works in New Zealand. So here in the U.S., you have, like, uh, public domain varietals, which would be, like, your sea hops, you know. But then you have, like, your Citras and your Simcoe's, and they're sort of owned by by the folks who spent, I don't know, $10 million to bring a new a strain to, uh, you know, to harvest. How is that working for you? Uh, are, are the hops you're growing public domain in, in New Zealand? So so hops like Nelson, they are... Um, trademarked and okay. and have licenses and so we've been fortunate that we've um, gained licenses to grow varieties like Nelson. I see. Okay. And the other ones that you're growing are more public domain? Is that the only licensed one? Uh, they're all trademarked. They're, they all are. Yeah. yeah. It's always so, fascinating to me and I don't think there's anything wrong if you spend the kind of cash to, sure. to bring a, a, a variety like that. Yeah, through a breeding program I mean you want to reap the rewards from it. Yeah. So. yeah. But when I first learned about even that process here in the US I was just sort of fascinated by it. I thought well hi it's a it's something that grows. You can't just grow it. Like, <laughs> well, and that's the interesting thing for, for, for New Zealand. I mean, varieties like Rewalker, they're 30 years old. They're uh-oh. not, you know, they're not, you know, the new latest um, creation that came out last year. They've been around 
you know a substantial amount of time yeah and yet they still seem to have um the cachet with brewers where they want to revisit them if they haven't been able to get them for the last few years right which is a really nice position to be in when you know you've got a reputation and you've got um awareness about a variety right it's very hard to get that interest in a brand new hop you know that you guys might see for the first time this year well they're new to us though if, if we could never get them because the new zealand uh, brewers bought them all up right new to us is just as good as new well it's funny some some of the brewers i've talked to i mean they they brewed beer you know seven ten years ago with with varieties like rewalker and so they're really excited at the idea of revisiting those beers okay um in their memories to see whether or not you know they they're going to be as good as what they remember brewing yeah. seven years ago rewalker is a variety that's very hard to grow so as a grower you, you when you're thinking about which varietals you're going to plant yeah of course yield is, is a big factor in that and and rewalker has been hugely challenging for a number of years so in what sense because it doesn't yield doesn't enough yield or? very high dies easily oh. um you know it's one of those difficult plants so you know we're we're we, we see the demand for rewalker and we think you know, we think we can grow it, mm-hmm. but um, you know, we are the new guys, and so as we go through, I guess, you know, the next twelve months, yeah, we uh, we we may not be able to grow it as well as what we're hoping to grow it. So there's well, a risk you that all we're are up for a challenge. You're yeah. just not just a new farmer. You're going to pick the difficult one <laughs> we're, to grow. We're, we're, we're picking a tough one. <laughs> what, and what, what kind of flavors? What is yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, never heard the, of it. So, um, I kind of describe Rewalker as quite a soft hop, so it's not it's not abrasive. It's got you know some really good citrus tropical flavours, but hmm. like Nelson's in your face, you know it gets yeah. that slightly oily characteristic yep. and stuff like that. Um, Rewalker's very different. It's European um, heritage, so it's SARS. Oh, okay, so it's it it is really. I like to say it's understated, is 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 how I see it. And mm. and there's been some fabulous beers in New Zealand which have been um, single hopped with Ray Walker in the last couple of years, and you know it it stands out. Nice. What, do you, okay. what do you see it in? What type? What style of beer do you use it in? Well, I suppose for us, I mean, you know, you can put it in. You know, I've seen it in some some lagers. Um, obviously, unfortunately, just like you guys, IPA is a big um, for us too. Um, I think it shines more in blending as well. Hmm. So, you know, hmm. I, I like to see it with used with other, other hops other as other well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's always a good approach. Do you, do you plan on, or from a scientific background, do you think that any of the American varietals will do well on New Zealand soil? So we have Cascade in New Zealand. So okay. we've grown Cascade, um, I think, commercially for maybe 10 years. Um I find it really intriguing for for me as as um, when I look at it because it hangs for a long time in New Zealand, so it's got a really long harvest window, and the flavour profiles shift okay. over time. Um, it, it, it's not something we've considered looking. Um, so, as we were saying before, with biosecurity, we can't import any hop material into New Zealand. Uh, yeah. Even just the rhizome. So not even a rhizome. So wow. so pretty much what we have is what we can work with. Which so somebody at some point brought in the you said cascade, cascade. cascade. Yeah. Some, at some yeah. point brought yeah. that in like before anybody knew about it or something. <laughs> yeah, so I mean yeah. pretty pretty much New Zealand uh, probably in the last 10 15 years has got really tough with bringing in plant material. Which you're probably happy about. Very happy with. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't away. think about that. Sure, you can't even bring in a rhizome. So yeah. how would you do it anyway? Huh. 
Do you think, uh, I guess maybe this is a really long-term future, so I don't know if you've thought that, but do you think you'll start to breed and and mix hops from New Zealand to make new varietals yourselves? So, so there's definitely, I mean, there's a great breeding program um, through our government agency. So ah. they're, they're the ones that have bred all, all the New Zealand varieties up till now, um, and they will continue with the breeding program going forward. Um and I think there, there definitely will be, you know, new varieties coming out into the market. The hard thing is I'm wondering from a brewer's perspective is when you reach saturation, like, mm. you know, how, mm. how, many, how many hops do you want in your portfolio? You know, do you want to have 20? Do you want to have 30? Or do you want to, you know, have 10 and use them in unique ways? And yeah. I'm, I'm not a brewer. So, I think that you're going to get – I think the answer to that is going to be both. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to find some that are like, yeah, give me 10 that are solid and I'll figure out the rest. And uh, and others that are like, yeah, 20, 30, we're always, what do you got? Yeah, brewers <laughs> are always looking for the next big thing. Like, right. You know, what's new, what's you know what's coming up, what's sexy, what works well. So, I mean, there's there's always yeah. that opportunity, too. So. Do so, the big brewers fund that, those, that, that government breeding and research? There has been support by the, the New Zealand industry. So, um, mm-hmm. historically... You know, obviously, the New Zealand hop growers were the growers for the for the big guys mm-hmm. as well, and and so they still do um, in their portfolio grow hops that would only be used exclusively in New Zealand mainstream beers. Yeah, um, like anything, New Zealand's changing, so we're we're changing in the same way that America is, and you know, the the support from the big guys here into the public hop breeding program is. I think stepped up lately, um, and that may happen in New Zealand as well. Okay, are the are the licenses issued from the government as well? So no, so oh no, so not anymore. They're they're, they're with New Zealand Hops. Okay, which yeah. is a that's a corporation. It's a it's a, it, it's a it's a it's a company. Okay, that ended up with all of the licenses. Oh, and so when you buy a license, you <laughs> say, "Here, congratulations! Here's a rhizome. You got you have one Nelson plant. Mm-hmm. Do with it whatever you want." Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah g- good luck. <laughs> right? Yeah, you'll figure it out. Susan's like, "I got this. I'm a scientist. No problem." You know, with the uh, the the hop industry in the United States, I think in any sort of like big industrial you know nation where the large breweries dominate, it's all about alpha acid. You know, so I don't know if you're like if you're hop farm is like geared towards that it's more like boutique varieties so we're 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 all solely aroma i mean the funny thing is nelson is actually still deemed an alpha variety just from its um makeup um but we did make the decision just to focus on aroma hops so you know and and that was brewer led i mean you Mm -hmm. know from a growing perspective alpha hops would look great from a yield perspective and easier and and that but <laughs> yeah, you know yeah we, we like a challenge so you know we we took it from from definitely feedback from brewers sure and just out of curiosity because i didn't dive into to your background at all jason but as a ceo where did you come from and in, in, what's your background um, so originally I came from a finance background, funnily, funnily enough, yeah. and, uh, but then I was in the wine industry for a, for a good 10 years. So, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, building up a, a winery and, and exporting around the world, mo- mostly Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. So okay. there's a lot of similar characteristics between Nelson Savon and Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, which is only over the hill. So two similar areas. It's about an hour and a half apart. And uh, the New Zealand wine industry's know about a two billion dollar export industry you know wow com- compared to the new zealand hop export industry which is only about 30 million so i see it's you know hops is tiny wine is big sure and um so yeah so i've switched over from wine 
So, Susan, don't listen for a second. Do you? What do you? What do you like? Do you, are you, do you like wine better? Do you like to drink beer better? Where do you? Where do you fall in that spectrum? Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> well, it's 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 funny because Susan's uh, viewed it as her challenge to educate me on uh, on beer. Yeah. And um, you know, being a beer drinker, I guess back at university, um, what I drank then is very different to what I drink now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, no, All I'm, of us though, yeah, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah. and especially on a, on a trip like this into the US, where I'm going from one great craft brewer to another and trying their beers so no i haven't um outside of uh, a bit of pinot noir which I, of course i was trying when i was, was here it's all beer yeah 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 we, we do okay with pinot don't it's we great, yeah but the sad blanc in new zealand is like an ipa i mean just it's like i always describe it that way just this really really bright flavorful citrus, you know floral flavor aroma well yeah. and that's one of the, the the really interesting things now with terroir coming into hop growing mm-hmm. is whether or not you know for us um if we grow hops such as Nelson in a different region, are we going to get a different flavour profile? Is it going to be something that brewers like? Is it going to right. be something they don't like? And there's you know some great research happening now in the states with you know some of the varieties when they're planting them outside Yakima. What are they doing? So you okay? So you said that that's sort of how you started was to to grow hops outside of the normal region in New Zealand. But this farm that you have now is in the normal region. And that's okay. That's in the normal region. But you've, you've also mentioned you're, you're, this is just step one. Mm-hmm. So through your experiments, did you find that, oh, yeah, we're going to buy some farms in other regions because it worked? So definitely. I mean, the, the big thing for me is, yes, we can grow them, and, and they they do well. But because we're so brewer-led, um, we won't do a commercial undertaking somewhere else until we get validation from a brewer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we're looking to this year when we have brewers come down, we'll have hops grown in different regions of New Zealand, and we'll put them in front of them for sensory. And they'll tell us whether or not commercially it makes sense for us to look at growing hops elsewhere. Yeah. So when you, and you mentioned even having a lab, when you evaluate them, you're, you're looking at the hop oils... You're maybe looking at like the terpenes, like you're able to see as much as you possibly can the chemical makeup of this. Yes. And so, then relying on the brewer to give you the sensory. Yes, very much so. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I can look at, you know, compounds coming off a of GC, MS, and that says one thing to me, but then I give that hop to a brewer. Yeah. And, you know, they take it through their process mm-hmm. and it turns into something completely different. So I think that's where. I wouldn't make a decision without brewer input. Sure. Well, I think that's the right thing to do. But even from a side, now I'm just kind of curious. Okay, so when you did your experiments in different regions, did the, chemically, did or oil, I don't know how to say it, did they look completely different in different regions? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you, you, and, 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 you know, the, the sort of the gross, um, your, your alphas and your betas and your oil content themselves perhaps didn't vary that much. Okay. But individual compounds did. And so that's the thing with cops, there's such a complex yeah. mixture and you know some of the you know some of the really important things are just there in such minute amounts. Right. That looking at a spectra it makes no sense, you know, until it gets into a beer. I, mean, I, I don't understand how you even do that. I mean you've got a region that you're dealing with and then also like how you're growing it and when you're harvesting. It's like all these variables are going 
doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's what makes it so fun from a science point of view. Yeah, I mean this yeah. is right. almost like one big experiment to me. So yeah. you know, a and twenty billion dollars. I think we're um, th- that's the challenge that we're going to face because we've got the chemical, we've got the analysis, we've got the sensory, yeah. and then at the end of the day, somebody's got to fork over some money to take the first investment into a region for a new crop. Right, and um, you know that's a big deal right so yeah. if it works you're a, you're an early starter you're in there first you do really well if it fails then you're the laughing stock so sure. it, it might take two or three years for us to work through these trials and and um, and, and decide whether or not another region is, is, is good and and in, in the meantime we've focused on the Nelson Mochiweka area so our longer term plans we're hopeful that other regions will come through central Otago is a, is a good potential for us okay um, um, central Hawke's Bay um, very similar growing conditions to Yakima. So, you know, we're hopeful. We think we can grow volume, but just like with um, with the wine industry, we'll grow the same varietal in, in Nelson or Marlborough or another region, uh, and it's really standout, sensational in one of those, right. but not the other two or three, and same with Pinot Noir or any other sort of crop. And so for us, it's about saying, is there another area that can grow awesome quality hops? Yeah. We know we can grow hops. Like hops will grow. Hops will grow, but they, yeah. They, if you go down the west coast of the South Island, there's, you know, as Susan said earlier, there's the early immigrants, the Irish, they came over, they grew hops. There's wild hops growing down the coast. You can, you can find them. Oh, nice. So we know they'll grow. Yeah. It's just, are they going to be awesome quality the hops? The characteristics, yeah. yeah. Are yeah. all of the 400 acres that you're starting with similar terroir, like similar soil, similar sun exposure? Or do you have a mix? Even so, so geographically, we've got quite a long, skinny farm that's bordered on one side by a river and then hills on the other. So there is actually, even within that 400 acres, we're going to have, you know, different um, microclimates, mm-hmm. and then we've got different soil types. Mm-hmm. So we've had the whole um, farm soil mapped, and we've planted, you know, you know, a variety across different soils and across, you know, to to see what effect that has. Okay, so you will get some information even off of this first harvest, even off this one. Yeah. yeah. Wow, beer is amazing. How has it been along for? It's been around for so long, and it can be it can be so simple. Or it can be so incredibly complex that that we're still studying it and we're still learning about it. We learn more about hops all the time. We we learn more about malt all the time. And when I stop and think about it, like I sometimes just make fun of myself that I've, <laughs> I've created this stupid career talking about beer for the last fifteen years. But there's still always something to talk about. Beer is so incredible. I tell homebrewers too, like they're like, "How can I can I brew beer?" Yeah, it's it's either like making pasta, <laughs> right, or you can be a PhD. Like, it's really, you can go either way. Right. And it's great that everybody sitting at your bar right now cares as much about the soil content that the hops are growing in <laughs> that right. we do. It's only when we geek out about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it really, there's so much to learn and so much to know all of the time. Um, uh, just talking about, gosh, the more we learn about terpenes. All right, let me ask you this. Can you just, if, if all else fails, can you, like, rip it all out and grow weed in New Zealand? Is that a thing? So weed is not legal yet yeah. in New Zealand. Uh, okay, okay. So what about not- exporting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm We're- just checking. That's a good fail-safe, you know. We've got a referendum next year on whether we can grow weeds. So yeah, really? Interesting thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Is it legal there in any other way? Or not at the no? moment, no. no. Just no just the- med- medicinal marijuana is just coming in. Okay. okay. You just show your government how much money they'll make in tax dollars. Right. <laughs> Have them talk to the people in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You just drive. You can't even you have to give it away. Like every school budget is like, oh, we can't take any more money. It's true. Yeah. So I, I have some friends who live in Colorado, and the first year was so successful that uh, the governor for like six months, don't quote me on the amount of time, but no. for, a, for, a, <laughs> yeah, for a bunch of months uh, was like, no more sales tax in the whole state of Colorado for like a period of time because they had just raised enough money through uh, through across, weed tax across all retail. Yeah, yeah, they just like no more sales tax. Wow, <laughs> it, it came back. It just was oh. like it was like a little reprieve. It was like we did so much better than we thought. You guys are so high. Turns out everyone's high. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, anyway, so good luck with that. It's the Mile High State <laughs> now in two ways. Yeah, yeah. when you say uh, just because I'm curious now, when you say medicinal. Uh, on a federal level, it is it's uh, it's legal there. Yeah, looking at licensing a, a few institutions to be able to grow medicinal marijuana. Right. Yeah. U.S. is so weird like that because completely illegal federally. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yet the states do it, which is not really legal, but totally legal. What a weird. <laughs> you can't a, deposit money yeah. you earn from it in a federally, you know, insured bank account. <laughs> yeah, right. So you right, have right. a big safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could get raided at any moment, yeah. but uh, totally legal, yeah. not legal. Legal, not legal. <laughs> yeah. It's a new shirt I'm putting out. Legal, not legal. <laughs> if you want to buy that on the Google, Google, network. Google, Google search. <laughs> well. Well, I am uh, I am excited for you guys. Um, um, I'm nervous. <laughs> so away. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like you have your heads on straight, and it, it, what a what a fun project to. Um, we didn't just fall into it, but in a sense, I mean, did you know? T- did Terry just reach out to you one day? How did you even come across yeah, so, each other? So, so his his family that were involved in brewing. Um, heard about my trials and and they reached out and, i see you know it was just a very fortuitous um meeting mm-hmm. and you know he was he was a great person to get involved because i mean you actually need someone who is honestly slightly mad to fundraise a startup and here's um, this ex-famous rugby player had to be slightly mad was he good was he a great player um it was well before my time okay. so um but uh, and and historically i mean i've heard that he was he was good i feel like anybody who plays rugby god wow well if you make the all blacks you're bloody good is that right yeah. they're the team top the team they're top the ones team. yeah what a rough sport. Yeah. No, probably didn't have any helmet he on. He could still walk kind. and Years. all of his functions still worked. <laughs> yeah. That's a wow. terrible sport. So he reaches out to you and, and, and what, tell me about that day. Like, what's your feel here? You're doing these experiments and this guy, you know, you, you meet him and he says, Hey, I think we should just go for it. Is your mind blown? A little bit. I mean, at that stage when you're self-funding, you know, a startup and, um, you know, I've got a young family and, you know, my poor partner's, you know, painting houses to pay for lawyers and, you know, all that boring stuff when mm. you're a company starting mm-hmm. out. Um, it was definitely a godsend. Yeah. Um, and, and, and more the freedom to, to let the vision of hot revolution stay true. And, I mean, that's yeah. been true even as I've got, you know, the investors and, you know, the management team and the board. Um, I've been really fortunate that they've bought into – pretty much the vision the whole time and, right. and, and that's really nice as a as a founder to to have that because so often it changes as you take on you know investment and and structure right. um and everybody who's come on has been fabulous and has added to you know t- to what hot revolution is now and sure. um, it's definitely a lot different to, to what I thought, um, far more exciting yeah. than, than you know I believed, and 
you know, now we've got the people involved who will actually make it happen. When you put it that way, that you were this startup and you're struggling and you're figuring it out and you, you know, maybe a, you know, vision that isn't where it is. I like, I just want to take like a deep breath sigh of relief for you. <laughs> like all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Justin will be relaxed for you. Yeah. Just whatever you need. You're not relaxed. Yeah. Well, I, I truly think that, you know, Jason and I and the rest of the team will not actually breathe a sigh of relief until we have the hops and bales this right. first, yes. this you know, first harvest yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then I think we'll Come actually March. sit back and go you know shit we did it or gosh yeah. we didn't do it so yeah. um, you know it's looking more and more likely that yes we will yeah. the closer we get mm-hmm. so when, get a brewer, it. when a brewer gets the hops in their beer and goes that's bloody good okay yeah. we'll go yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you'll take like two days off and then you're back at it. Yeah. yeah. How soon before you're going to need more acreage? Like, is, is all of your current harvest allotted? Mm. Yeah. So, so we're um, not all allotted, no. So, oh. what, we're, we're, what we've taken the view of is hey, we only want to, we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, mm-hmm. right? So, so we'll go with, with a smaller group to start with. And then as the year goes on and we're, we're a bit more comfortable around volume, then we'll take more on. But um, for other farms, we've got. Um, Three or four other farms actually that we're working on at the moment to um, to secure, and uh, and we've got a, a development plan over the next two or three years to sort of double and triple and you know as most craft brewers do you know yeah. grow yeah um, you know and and being, but being demand led so you know looking at what we can do and um, but yeah we, we do have a development plan we'd like mm. to get up to um, you know in the next three or four years up to three or four hundred acre uh, hectares so so three or four times the size we are currently right and um and, and go from there and then grow and, and grow into other markets as well we've got some good demand in other countries um you know including new zealand and so and so go from there well how, how, long, you how long will it take to bring another 400 acres online from when you get the keys to the, the land uh, it's, a, it's a good 18 months to get all the plants in the ground get okay. all the equipment and so this year with um with our processing equipment we're using wolf equipment from out of germany mm-hmm. so all that gets ordered in and you know it's it's a good six or nine month lead time to then get it in and get it installed um for our next farm we we, we might use a combination of wolf and and, and, and dan Howe or other equipment so we've actually got the team coming up as a you know as a bit of a scoping study in the next couple of weeks up into yakima and idaho and um, there's some growers up there who are, who are welcoming us onto the farm to come and have a look. Oh, cool! And learn. So, yeah, they've been they've been really helpful. And That's great. So we'll have a look around and, and see what you know, see see what we can learn. And yeah, and also we're we're bringing down some some guys from up here to help us in our harvest next year. Okay. So yeah, there's a good bit of collaboration, and, and people are really helpful to us. You know, when we tell the story, uh, they you know they're interested to come. We've invited them to our farm as well to come down and, and look and see, and, and some of them are keen to do that. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love. This. Who who do you think uh, you said you mentioned other countries interested? Mm. Uh, who do you think would be your other biggest interest? And I'm also curious. Uh, on top of that, you mentioned like even Russia earlier. Mm. I, don't, yeah. I don't even picture Russia as a beer country. But yeah. whoa, they're making uh, hot vodka. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we've had we've had people turn up. You know, um, say, well, look, we'll buy your whole 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 crop this year. Oh right, uh, from Russia. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, they come and, in like kind of like they're, you know, you <laughs> with a gun and it's like a really yeah. uncomfortable conversation. No, no, yeah. and lovely, like, lovely, and lovely people. You diamonds and stuff. They're like, <laughs> oh, do you have an election coming up? We'll buy that. And yeah. then we're wondering if you have. Sorry, we had to do that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You went right for it. Bloody, really, good, really good people. We've had, um, we've had a lot of interest from out of Japan and China and the UK and um, 
the Scandinavia. You know, it's surprising. It's just, just everywhere. The, cra- the craft brewing world is, I think, driven from out of the U.S., right? So if you think of a ripple running across the world, yeah. um, you know, that's what's happening. And, and a- Asia Pacific's probably, you know, a bit behind. New Zealand's probably a bit behind Australia. And, and so we've just got this this interest that's, that's growing there. But That's so fun. Know, yeah, for, for us, if we, if we try and do too many things at once, we'll fall over. There's only yeah. 10 of mm-hmm. us. You know, we're only a small company. Is that right? 10 yeah, of you in the company? Yeah, and that's including our, Who's our driving machine operators. I was going to ask that. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was going to ask. Yeah. That includes your machine operators? Yeah. yeah. So you guys got to do some hiring yeah. before <laughs> March. Yeah. Right. No, we're, we're our only a small crew. We'll be so, down there. So yeah. Susan, Susan and I, and, um, and then, you know, we've got our operations manager and a couple of others that are coming up. But no, we're, we are only a small team. We're not, we're not massive. And, wow. Um, we will be growing the team as we go. It's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of boring. What about warehouse space? You go to Yakima and all these, like, you know, processing plants have just ginormous warehouse space yeah. to keep it cold and all that. So yeah. what do you yeah. – so, is that part of the whole CapEx not, program there too? No, not at the moment. So for us with um, with cold storage, we, we're using that with a third party. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, when our bales come up here, they'll be sitting at, um, at Mill 95. Um, and, until they're drawn down, so in Idaho, be, there, yeah, in Idaho. Mm-hmm. So you'll ship it cold. So you're going to bale it, put it in a fridge, ship yeah, it in the fridge, yeah, yeah. put yeah. it in a fridge here to be processed. Yeah, and, and the bales yeah. will be dry, right? Yeah, the bales yeah, will be dry. Yeah, yeah. 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 so it's work. It's it, I think it'll work out really good because it's their off season. Um, so their plant's sitting empty. Oh. You know, it's good utilization of plant. Mm-hmm. They've got a great facility there, and, uh, and and we can come in and they, they they'll do all our hops just in a few days. This mm-hmm. one, right, so bang, it's all but done. Was that yeah. model just because you didn't want to invest in a pelletizer uh, system? Yeah, it's it's um, it's a little bit of um, when you when you're growing fast, it's how to scale it and where to have it. And, mm-hmm. and so we've looked at the advantages and disadvantages of pelletizing in New Zealand versus pelletizing up in the states. So mm-hmm. so some of our product will be pelletized in New Zealand uh, for the New Zealand Australia market, uh, but the majority of it will bring up to the states. And um, mm-hmm. and we just need to to learn really, you know, because some brewers want to come to New Zealand look and feel. Some are really happy to go to Idaho. Mm-hmm. The, the Idaho facility is, you know. A, a beautiful, you know, newish facility, and they already honestly. know what they're doing they when know it comes what they're to doing. The brewers yeah. trust them. You know, they've got the lab, they've got the sensory, they've got everything sorted. As has a number. There's another other palletizers in the, in the northern hemisphere that can do that. So, but of course, our freight massively expensive. So, so with shipping bales, um, you know, it's, it's 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 about a dollar a kilo more expensive to ship them up. So. You know, if we're doing a thousand kilos, for instance, that's a million dollars a year of, of additional freight, right? right. Than sending pallets. So th- there will be a point wow. in time where you know we'll look at that and go, well, does that actually make sense? Yeah. Um, but but for now, we're really pleased to partner, you know, with with experts in that area and, and palletizing. We're not experts. So okay. We, we just want to focus on growing and 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 the brewery end and uh, and use great partners in between. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have a question. I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask. But I want to make sure you've heard of this thing because I've just heard about this being a real thing. Spontaneous combustion. Have you heard of this, Susan? Um, I have. I've, I've, heard, I've heard the story. <laughs> like about the weird. And I thought that it was a fake thing. I was like, oh, spontaneous combustion. Like that fucking happened. It turns out that on hop farms, when you're drying and storing hops, that spontaneous combustion is like a serious threat of yep. the hops. Yeah, they they explode. They spun. Well, they don't. They spontaneously combust. Uh, yeah, they Oil can. They can. I'm knocking on wood for you as I ask the question because I don't want this question to be a jinx. Yep. You've heard of this thing, this phenomenon. Yeah, and, okay. and and that's part of the um, you know, one of the reasons 
we looked at this wolf drying system is, you know, the way you um, condition the hops afterwards lowers that risk okay. yeah. um, substantially. And, and I definitely, I mean, I've read about the stories about the warehouses in Yakima going up. Um, yeah. See, I ask a lot of stupid questions. Beardy right now is flabbergasted that yeah. this is a real thing. Uh, How long <laughs> after the drying process can this happen? I don't know. Like, is it hours, it's days? It. It's like during the it, process. Once, once they're in bales, if they, if, if they um, haven't been cooled down enough, then mm-hmm. basically they just accumulate that heat and, and, and it happens in um, hay bales as well. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. barns can go up in the same okay. process. So we'll, we'll temperature probe them and hold them hold them in cold store for 10 days. If we see the temperature rising, you take them out and you put them to, put them to the side. I see. Um, so yeah, you, you can track it pretty pretty easily, but no, it's totally a real thing. It's a thing, um, yeah. And I've, I've, I've heard stories of, of um, you know, buildings burning down from yeah in the past. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 in fact, I had talked to some farmers. They're like, "Yeah, we've learned this the hard way over the years. We didn't even understand why it was happening years ago or what the hell was happening because it was it seemed somewhat random." Mm-hmm. Um, turns out, not random. Uh, it, it, it's it, I'm not saying it's like the most likely thing to happen, but not random. There's a, a process that happens, and yeah. Huh. So I don't think anybody in New Zealand smokes anyway. They're a very healthy country, but no smoking yeah. on a hop farm. No, yeah. yeah you I don't. mean, my aunt Claudia told me that uh, Uncle Carl spontaneous combust. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that was different. She yeah. smelled a lot like gasoline after <laughs> yeah. she told me that story. Yeah, you know. very different. Yeah, you got to cover though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin's worried. I am, and I, like I said, I was Good hesitant God. to ask because I'm yeah. very superstitious. So I didn't, I'm not trying to put like that juju out there. I just I wanted to make sure you. You're doing a great job helping them, helping them relax. <laughs> I'm knocking. Yeah. On the wood, don't worry. Um, all right. Well, I want to talk about at least one more thing. Beef, can you bring in the thing that the gift that I didn't want to break or ruin and, and made you? Uh, because this is the coolest thing. So Jason and Susan uh, showed up, and you're going to have to. You don't, you don't mind me doing this on the radio, do you? No. Okay. Are you sure you um, want her to handle it? Yeah. She has trouble opening doors. <laughs> well, they're. Okay. So. They gave me this very nice gift, and a, a, it's an extremely limited edition. Kim, don't look at me like that. It was, it was, it's limited edition. There's not like a million of them or anything. And um, can you explain to, I'm going to pull it out so we can show it on the video here. If you listen on podcast, you're going to have to go to our YouTube page, and then you can check it out. But um, will you explain what this is for me, Jason? Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a tricky box to get into. It's super um, cool, though. Yeah, this is a... Um this is a Panamu we uh, we wanted to give to Justin, um, you know, for being being friendly and welcoming to us into the states, and it's it's something that we're 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 giving to our foundation partners up here that are you know helping us get started. And basically, what it is is it's um it's greenstone, so New Zealand jade. Some most of you will know oh. what jade is. It's um, formed in the earth, at, and this this particular jade is about 120 million years old in New Zealand. It comes from the west coast of New Zealand, um, about three hours from where our hop farm is. And um, and what's happened is, is is it's been pushed up from the earth and under an area that is very mountainous and um, and got big glaciers and over time the um, glaciers have, have melted. Um, there's been rivers. The rivers have exposed the Punamu rock, and and this this particular rock is or stone is very sacred in New Zealand, and um, and we wanted to give this as a gift to people that we're we're connecting with and working with here and. Um, it's, it's it's sacred to the New Zealand Maori. It, it's um, it's special for forming a relationship, and um, we've got a, a, a stone carver that we we know, Bill Matheson, check it out. well known no, well known carver down on the west coast who um, 
who, who worked on this over his winter months for um, for our guys in the, in the US that we're partnering with. So, yeah, we're really proud to give it to you, Justin. Uh, and um, You guys clearly don't know me. Kim's, Kim's going to wear it out of here. I am not deserving of such an amazing gift, but I'm so thankful. I think it's the coolest thing. It goes with my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it's Isn't it awesome? And each one they're giving away is carved different. Uh, so, oh, oh. Did you say 100 million years old or something? Yeah, 20 million years old. Good Lord. Almost as old as Sully. And, <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that. <laughs> isn't that cool? Yeah, this is awesome. Wow. I'm so excited about this. This is, ma- this is potentially the nicest gift I've ever been given. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So outside outside of Justin, it's, it's, it's for head brewers, you know, doing mm. a great thing with our craft. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a bit of peace in New Zealand, special peace in New Zealand, actually. And when you come down one day, yeah. you, can, you can come and meet Bill. I will wear it with pride. I would love to meet him. Uh, hand-carved beardy. Don't, wow. don't get your shit all over it. It's just going to go right in here. <laughs> yeah. Too bad it's not a hop grenade. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd be sued. <laughs> There'd be a conversation. Right. J- Jason's like, actually, the first 20 were hop grenades. We had to, <laughs> yeah, we we had to burn those. <laughs> Damn it. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm putting it on now. I got to take my headphones off. I love this. I think it's the coolest thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. It's That's so kind of you. Isn't that? Oh, it adjusts and everything. That's got to be a hard Uh-oh. shape to carve. Oh, your head's too fat. My head's too big. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Let me get there. You Don't break it. The glasses yeah. <laughs> He's good at putting necklaces on. Yeah, yeah right. Apparently. <laughs> And uh, you guys were telling me that uh, Kiwis don't really wear, wear jewelry, but they'll wear this. This uh, is like... Yeah, again, you know, like Kiwi males and, um, and and a lot of females, to be honest. There's a, there's a lot of really special Punamu that's been passed down for generations and family. Wow. Um, and, and it's, you know, if, if you look it up, you'll, you'll see there's a good bit of history. But looks good on you. Ah, thank you. Perfect. I like it. You guys yeah. are so kind, so generous. This is very cool. I had to share that with you listeners. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page and check it out. And see my my stone. Maybe you'll see me wearing it at the next event. Wow, you might actually be important, Justin. See that? Somebody, <laughs> yeah. you guys, you did. A, you know, you made me feel important. Which you know, <laughs> at least for a moment. That happens. Right. I'm 41 now. It's happened about twice in my life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, almost 42. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's next month. Uh, yeah, shut up, Bernie. <laughs> you can go to hoprevolution.co.nz if you want to check out more. You can learn about uh, a little bit more about the story um, and the hop farm over at Hop Revolution. That's hoprevolution.co.nz, or you can just, of course, Google Hop Revolution. How did the U.S. get, like, a uh, monopoly on .com? Why can't everybody just be we .com? We invented the Internet. Uh, yeah, is that what happened? Yeah. We, just, we can't We're just let everyone use it. everybody else has to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. we're America. Everyone yeah. else has to do extra abbreviations. Very strange that we're like that. Hop Revolution. Uh, go check them out. You can learn um, more about it. And thank you both so much for uh, being in the yeah, studio. This is awesome. Us. Yeah. So I'm going to follow your story now. Uh, from now until March, we're going to check in with you uh, because now I'm really curious. I love how forthcoming you are with, with what's happening and that you're new at this and you want to see what's up. So is that cool? We can just keep checking in. And, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. All yeah. right. And, and and please, look out for the spontaneous combustion. I mean, <laughs> right. Because that's top of mind right now. <laughs> I get so nervous about these things. I'm so nervous. Um, <laughs> um, well, we only have a few things left to do. I'm going to take a quick break. Will you hang out with us for the end of the show? That would be great. We yeah. just kind of dick around and have another beer and have some fun. It'll just be uh, for a few minutes. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we've, uh, we're going to find out the result of my Twitter game. 
Yeah, I made it better. So you you, you bettered it <laughs> yeah. from, from how I bettered it. Yeah, you bettered me, then I bettered you. All right, we'll sounds see how good to me. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. This is Matt Reynoldson from Firestone Walker Brewing Company, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm having fun tonight. Hey, you know we're talking all about those IPAs, Beardy? IPAs everywhere? Yeah, can't get enough of them. Well, have you learned about the new Spark Ale from the 21st Amendment? Oh, that sounds like a great IPA. It's their newest year-round beer. It's not an IPA. It's a sparkling rosé ale. IPA. See, I'm, even Jason could get behind that. It's got a little wine to it, oh, a little yeah. sparkling rosé. Um, it's essentially a hybrid between a cider and a beer, and they brew it with apple cider juice and grain-based sugar. Then they back-sweeten with peach, cranberry, and cherry juice. Not really a cider, but it sure tastes like one, and it's the perfect beer for summer or any other time, I think. It's also gluten-reduced with less than 10 parts per million for those of you who are looking for a good ale alternative to big malty beers. I was actually looking for it this weekend. Yeah. And sold out was sold out. Mm-hmm. Popular beer. It's good stuff. Tully, have you had it? Uh, I'm sorry. I just woke up. What? <laughs> good, yeah. I just came in from New Zealand. <laughs> Go to 21st-Amendment.com. You can check it out. It's a, it's a great new beer. Is this gluten thing a thing in New Zealand? Is it the new? Is it everywhere? I think we're as bad as, as yeah. you guys are definitely okay. with it. Yeah. Low carb, gluten free, calorie reduced. All of the things. <laughs> Kiwis. Kiwis are basically San Franciscans on an island, I think. Oh. Yeah. Hey, is there like a big competition with Australia? Do you guys look at each other like, <laughs> fucking Australia? I mean, is that going on down there? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, that's what, cause you're, I just imagine you're like right next to each other, like Oregon and Washington and California. It's like all tight right there. I think the way they, they sort of um, liken it is to Americans and Canadians. So, okay. you know, we, we, we're probably the Canadians, obviously, in the relationship. The, you know, the, the nice ones. The nice, yeah. the better yeah. people, yeah. guys. Yeah. You know. Cleaner, nicer. Better in most respects. Can as many things kill you in New Zealand as they can Australia? No another, way. Another no good. snakes. Really? No. No, no. no snakes down there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nothing poisonous. Wow. All good. No powdery mildew and no snakes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No predators at all. It's <laughs> the safest place on yeah, earth. Yeah. You're both born and raised in, in New Zealand? Yep. Yeah. Here's the embarrassing thing. Now I, I was actually born in Australia. So Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. How long did you live there? Uh, for six months. Okay. So yeah. Kiwi, Kiwi parents. So it's you know their fault I was born there. Yeah. <laughs> and did you always intend to be a, a plant scientist? Did you have like a previous life or, or you just went I, to school for that? And I, I was in biotech. So okay. I just found lab work um, pretty boring. So field work, I'm getting outsiders much more exciting. Okay. All right. What about hobbies for you two? What do you do in New Zealand? Uh, well, I used to run a lot, but as most runners, you blow your ankle or blow your knee or something, so I don't do that. I swim. We do a bit of diving. Okay. Um, Kiwis like to do a lot of DIY type stuff, so we're, we're doing up some old cottages, and my nice. wife and I do a bit of landscaping and, you know, all of the things that are not essential in the DIY part. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Always up to something. Motorbiking and all of those things. What like about that. skiing? I would, my son and I want to go down there and go skiing because you can great, go skiing during the summer. Great, great. Uh, our skiing. summer. Yeah, yeah. Snow skiing? Queenstown. Yeah. Great skiing. I didn't know that. 
You have like these snow fields, like in the middle of like a lava field. You'll have like this place called Treble Cone. I've heard about, yeah. which is like this. Beautiful. It's just like you're you're on the moon, and there's a swath of like snow, and people are skiing. Yeah, no, it's incredible skiing. And do you have the European uh, vacation model where like anything less than six weeks is ridiculous? No one ever talks about that. Is that <laughs> is that a thing? Right. Like in America, two weeks vacation, you're like, sweet, I got some vacation. Right, yeah. <laughs> in I'll Europe, get that three years. <laughs> in Europe, that's like being in prison and only having two weeks of vacation. And, and your and your employer still makes you feel like shit for using the two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're gonna take what, that time off. Right. The, <laughs> New Zealand's funny like that. Like for us, Christmas time, summer, you know, all the kids are at school, so this is mid December through to late January. Uh, you know, that's a pretty special family sort of time, and everyone goes back home and has a Christmas. And, you know, we tend to all have that three weeks off. Okay. Um, but now more so, we're getting the, the European model, which is having August off as well. So a bit of July, a bit of August. Yeah. You know, if you've got a good boss, push it a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Come to the States for seven weeks and you yeah, know, yeah, go yeah. see some craft brewers. But no, we are, we are starting as we're to we're doing business. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the lifestyle balance, right? You yeah. Know, everyone mm-hmm. wants to sort of work a little bit less or work from home or do whatever. So Good. Yeah. I like to hear that. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, we just have a couple of things to wrap up here, including our uh, Twitter game. So yes. How did you modify it, Beardy? So, I mean, yours was kind of vague, okay. which is like friends needing to know friend things. Your name is vague. And well, you're like you wanting came up to with that also. <laughs> versus the color one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Versus what's my favorite what's my color? Favorite? <laughs> that yeah. is like the number game. So what did you what did you ask? So I said, uh, what is a secret that friends should know about each other to validate their friendship? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we'd get some more nitty gritty yeah. fun I'm, answers. No, I'm worried. Okay. And <laughs> so this, did we get some good ones? Yeah, so and you're gonna have to tell us the answer about Sully. To each of these, like, <laughs> I probably know them. Boy, uh, let me get it pulled up. You here. signed that document, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm still sponsoring the show because I have to essentially pay you off. Because you're you're, bu- you're bulletproof NDA, <laughs> right? He's a friendship NDA. Yeah. Uh, Tn Brewer says that deep down inside, he really loves hazy IPAs. <laughs> that will that's about you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That will be a secret that I take to the grave. Right. Yeah, you would never admit that. Uh, Catherine says how they prefer to spoon. How uh, <laughs> how the friends prefer to spoon. Like inside spoon or outside spoon, yeah, I guess would be that. Yeah, who's big spoon, yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe Homebrewer says, a true friend you can trust with the hiding place of your porn stash in case you die <laughs> unexpectedly and can come and collect it before anyone finds it. <laughs> so, okay, here's a... Th- Is that a thing anymore? I want to talk about this for a second because I brought this up in a different way. First of all, nobody has a porn stash anymore. Right. But I brought up on the air once that you have to have a friend who has your passwords yes to come and delete your history <laughs> yes. basically uh, i read an article about this once which is like swipe uh, the hard drive <laughs> right. yeah and i was like oh yeah that's a good idea <laughs> yeah. how sad that i'm that i'm that friend for you yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, bevo has all my passwords and it's like listen before anybody finds out what a yeah. creep i am you got to go in and delete my history online i have a big rare earth magnet justin i could just walk by your computer <laughs> yes. and just brick it if that's what you need so and i brought this up and jp was like i don't know what do you need that for and i'm like you're full of shit right <laughs> now right. If you don't have creepy stuff in your history, uh, you are lying to yourself and me. Maybe Taryn's more creepy, so 
he's not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. I think he was like, I use incognito mode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. That works. That fixes it. me. Right. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I like this answer, except that, like, it's very 1987. Yeah. With the porn stash. Right. Like, like Sully's generation. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, well, I, yeah, I still have a collection of VHS porn tapes, so it's not right. exciting. I yeah. completely get this. I'm that, channeling this guy right yeah. Sully, be honest, they're Betamax. So. They are Betamax. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting you said Betamax. <laughs> As a friend, he would know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Good one, Sully. Okay. Austin says... In Chechnya, we have no secrets. So we have no friends. Only sadness and beards. In Chechnya, in Chechnya, secret too expensive. We yeah. only have sadness. Right. One secret for the whole country, not really secret. Yeah. Secret is, guess what? You're going to die tomorrow. Right. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, Huel says something regarding botched circumcision. Oh. Ooh. That's the whole. Was that a complete sentence? Or are you paraphrasing? He ended it with a question mark. <laughs> um, okay, it's like very specific. <laughs> like, he might be talking to himself. There. We we know we know something about Huel. I think I do not so, have a friend that close that I you would, know that I would know about that. Yeah, I do not have a friend that close. I have some close friends, mm-hmm. not that close. They they had good circumcisions. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Oh, oh that's what you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> Beverly. What, Steve? I didn't say anything. I thought you were about to chime in on that. No. Is Sam's no. circumcision okay? Absolutely not. Yeah. Everything is fine with, on a one to with ten. the exception Let's of the size of that. his testicles. He does have very <laughs> funny. Funny enough, I do <laughs> yeah. know about my friend's testicles because yeah. that's always been a topic of conversation, just mm-hmm. not the rest of the thing. The thing. No, well, the thing. whenever you want to take your friendship to the next level, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> what you need to ask Sam. What else we got? That it? Uh, that's it. Hmm. I edit. I edited for briefness. I'm glad you did for brevity. Yeah, yeah that too. Okay. Uh, hmm. Let's see if I want to get rid of any of these. I'm going to get rid of porn stash because that's just not modern enough. Okay. You know, I, I'm not going to get with it, Joe. Yeah, Joe. You're on Twitter verse. Seriously, put those sticky pages in the garbage. Um, that was unnecessary. I mean, yeah, don't throw them away, Justin. <laughs> Is that what you meant? Turn your keyboard. <laughs> That leaves us with four. Um, I like that Beardy actually loves Hazy IPA. That one was Beardy specific. Yeah, that must be very deep down because I'm not even aware of that. I'm going to leave that there. How to Spoon. I think, I think. yeah, if you have a good friend, you could know that about them. You could guess that. That's only a 50-50 chance. Yeah, true. But, yeah, but a good friend would have more chance. Oh. That. You know what I mean? Other if you're, positions. If you're a good friend, yeah. Different kinds of spoon. Like, for example... Sully's clearly a big spoon. Uh, except when he's feeling... Even with you? Because there's actually, a bit of a height difference. I'm actually versatile. So I, I'm, well, I'm telling you that right now. I was just going to say... We, we talked about this years except ago. Except sometimes when Sully's feeling a little down, he's a little spoon. Mm. Okay, so he has preferences. Mm. Yeah. Different times. It's yeah. mood dependent. Well, you, can be a no, exactly. you could be a no spooner. You oh, could be a no spooner. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, I happen to know for a fact, uh, not by my own experience, but by a tale told to me, Uh that Beardy is definitely a big spoon. Uh, 
he shared her. I, I had Beardy and uh, my my other, y- y'all know Bad Rock, uh, yeah. Adam out in Colorado. Uh, he helps me at the Great American Beer Festival at, uh, I think it was there, or Homer Conference. And Homer they, Con. they they shared a room together, two separate beds. Um, and uh, Beardy had passed out drunk in his bed. And Adam later came and, and went to sleep in his own bed. And at some point in the night, not too much longer, felt a large, hairy presence uh, up against his back, and it was Beardy uh, cuddling uh, up to him, big spooning. And Adam's a big guy, by the way. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> a, he's six, six, maybe six five. At least. Yeah. Um, and Beardy big spoons him. Adam wakes up right away, uh, gets up, moves to Beardy's bed. Beardy wakes up the next morning, like. Why am I over here? Yeah, I'm on the wrong side of the room. Wait, so you got up in the middle of the night. Went to the bathroom. (laughs) And then spooned. So when I went to bed. (laughs) None of this was like. When I went to bed, Badrock wasn't there. And so the bed was empty. And I'm still half asleep or whatever. Hmm. And I don't remember any of it at all, other than waking up the next morning on the wrong side of the room. Bevo's air quoting, I'm asleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And at home, I'm the big spoon because my wife's a foot shorter than me, so that would just be weird. Apparently, size doesn't matter to that, you. You're we all learned something. No matter what. <laughs> we all learned something that night. Yeah. I'm equal opportunity big spoon. Just hearing this story from Adam, too, who's yeah. just a giant, it was hilarious yeah. to I have me. no idea what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he yeah. apparently woke up in the best spooning situation of his life. Right. But then chose an empty bed for some reason. Yes. Not sure why. Uh, okay, so I'm leaving How to Spoon in there. I'm going to leave um, in Chechnya. We have no secret. Um, and then finally, that you should know about your friend's botched circumcision, if you're, if you're truly a friend. So uh, the question was, if you're truly a friend, what, what, what secret should you know about your friend? We, we all vote. Yeah. I expect uh, our guests to vote today, too. I will read off the four, uh, and just go ahead and raise your hand for whichever one you vote for. Um, okay. That, uh, the secret is that Beardy actually loves hazy IPAs. Raise your hand. Not anybody here even believes that shit. That you should know how your friend likes to spoon if they're truly (laughs) your friend. All right, we got one from Bevo over there. Okay. I feel like that's important information. Yeah. Uh, in Chechnya, we have no secrets. They're too expensive. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that looks like the winner. Uh, just so you know, though. Uh, I'm going with the porn thing. The, is, that, is that still there? I, I know. I scratched oh, that one. Yeah, that yeah. Thing. So he brings it you back. You have to go with uh, Bosch circumcision. <laughs> I'll do that one. On that one. Our winner related. This, you do know Justin. <laughs> yeah. Our winner this week is Chechnya, ladies and gentlemen. Good job, Austin. Yeah, good Bringing job. Chechnya back. There we go. Maybe I should send Austin one of the only hop grenade Ooh. New Zealand hop hats in existence. Yeah. The rest are in Chechnya. Uh, re- yeah, because we have more, right? I get to keep mine. Didn't you bring a couple more? There's two sitting over here. Do you want one, Beardy, or can I can I, I give one away? I need. Well, I don't need two. Yeah. But uh, does anybody else in here head. want one? Nothing fits your giant. We're gonna send one to Chechnya, not the country, the person. Um, Good ooh. job, Austin. Yeah. But, Austin, you have to defend the hop grenade everywhere you go. You have to say it's not really hop revolution. It's, it's going to be a long <laughs> conversation every there, time you... There will be a script. <laughs> yeah, Bevo will send you a script. And don't sue us. Yeah. You can't sell it on eBay because it's worth a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. None of that. 
Not as rare as my necklace, but rare. Yeah. Do you have to sign the hat with a written authorization? Yeah. To exist I might US? have to have to put TM all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to do that. Uh, okay. Is our business done? I sure hope so. I feel like it is. Did you do the ending credits again? You, you said you'd, we don't do that anymore. Well, I guess not when, when nah. JP's not here. Fine, I'll have some for next week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> perfect. We're off next week. Yes. Uh, uh, we're actually going up to uh, Hop and Brew School. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to learn even more about hops, which is exciting. I've never gotten to go before. Uh, I'm going to do that. Hop week for you. Yeah, it's a hop week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to M- Moscow's wedding. Moscow's getting married. What? That's right. Yeah. You guys remember Moscow? He used to produce the from show. From olden times. Uh, yeah, Moscow from olden times. Now uh, from the sour hour. Mm-hmm. Uh that other show here on the Brewing Network. Yeah, he's getting married. It's like an 18-year-old girl or something. I he must forget. have found the most patient woman in uh, the universe. He just, I think he found someone like that just won't ask any questions, you know. Oh, even better. Yeah. She's she's eight, she's 18, right, Bevo? She's like close to, to that. She's like 25. 25. She's a lovely young lady. Yes. And uh, they're getting married. Uh, and so I'm going to Hop and Brew School. Then I'm driving to Beardy's going with me. Beardy's my date. As yeah. Really? Where's he getting married? Uh, up at his uh, parents' estate. In, oh, wow. Uh, well, there you go. In Bellingham. So mm-hmm. I'll be up in the Washington area. Mm-hmm. And then I might scoot over to Idaho. Um, where you guys are your your hot process? Not, mm-hmm. not that I'm going there specifically, but I might shoot over to Idaho a little bit, and um, and then drive back down. You so. think the bunkers got that got that in her? Man, that bunker just keeps on going. Uh, she so just jealous. leaves little pieces behind. I just took another <laughs> little trip, and what fell off of her this time? The um, step. Did you replace uh, that yet? I did not replace a step yet. What I did do was I, when I went on my trip this weekend, I put the sledgehammer in the RV so I could try to fix my step that um, got are, broken. Are when, you just going to hit it out every time with the sledgehammer? No, it just got bent because Kevin, my GM here, parked my RV in a ditch when we were leaving Melvin. In, <laughs> so I got parked in a ditch in Wyoming, and it bent my step. And I think I just have to hammer it back out mm. to get it to get it right. Sounds Maybe. like it's going to work. Yeah. yeah. Was that his first time driving the bunker? Yes. Yeah. Will it be his last? Yes. Okay. Yeah. she's. I, will, I won't call her fragile, but <laughs> you got to know how to handle her. I think what's about to fall off now, though, is my awning, the whole side awning. Oh. Uh and by think, I mean I know, because the bottom post has come removed from the RV itself. It's just sort of dangling. So it's just hanging by the canvas on the top? Yeah, but it looks difficult to take off, so I'm just going to let the I'm just gonna let gravity <laughs> do it. You, like, have a big umbrella policy for the, everything? Cause yeah. 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 Oh, okay. yeah. Don't okay. worry. Okay. Who's at fault uh, when you kill the car behind you when uh, the awning falls off on the Insurance, freeway? Beardy. Insurance. It's but fine. But if you don't stop, how do they know? See, Beardy, he sends me this text the other day. He climbs under his RV, and he starts, he's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> I just found out that the gas tank looks loose. It fell off its straps, and the shock mount weld came undone, and the airbags don't work. And I was like, man, that's why I don't climb under my RV. (laughs) Head in the sand. Fuck yeah. And he's like, well, then I'll just get stuck somewhere. I've never gotten stuck anywhere. You just let shit fall off. I got you unstuck from somewhere when we were caravanning. That's fine. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> Sorry. It worked out. Yeah. Point is, I didn't have to do anything. Right. But who's going to unstick me? You're you're riding along. Whatever happens, you fix it. 
No, but in my RV, I'm fixing my RV because I don't have you to sit behind me with your broken RV I see and your get point. me out of the problem. Well, you can go ahead and spend your time fixing it. How, how well did that treat you? You end up getting the wrong airbags. Well, that, that was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what? <laughs> Sounds like a Twitter game. I put the yeah. new air. I put the wrong airbags in, and they are currently holding the RV up. Okay. How long they're going to do that for is a question. So I will say this in all seriousness. Um, I don't know if I'm just super lucky or if my philosophy just happens to work, but if I just ignore shit, it kind of works out. It just, it's fine. You're like even Steven guy. Like, I change the oil. Mm -hmm. I put air in the tires. I do those two things. I drive down the road. And usually where I get somewhere and something's missing, but it's not important. <laughs> like, half of the exhaust is gone. Like, the exhaust yeah. is gone. See, you don't uh, have to pass smog. I, we, I live in California, smog, and because yeah. it's gas, I still have to pass smog every two years, which is bullshit. No, I'm a diesel polluter. It yeah. doesn't matter. They don't care. They're like, Black cloud. we're not smogging that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I did it wrong. Yeah, it just keeps but, going. I mean, my, I take care of mine, and mine's watertight. You have to drill drain holes. I only drive floor. mine in the summer. It's fine. Oh yeah, it's not what That's true. So mine fills up in the. You have a the, pool seasonally in the front bed, and I couldn't really find the leak, so I just drilled a hole in the bottom so that it leaks so that it drains out. <laughs> yeah. What the? Why does everybody make things so complicated? Just there are easy easier ways. I mean, to do your that. walls are kind of sagging in. You're getting less and less square footage. Correct. As the years go by. Are you living on the street in this? Is this? Are you down in Berkeley where I see a bunch of campers? Hang? It looks that way. It looks the same. Yeah. Um, but it just runs so are good. Are you asked to move along when you stop at a rest stop? They're like, sir, you can't live here. You have to keep moving. They yeah. ask him in and out. Yeah. You can't even park it in and out. Right. Yeah. People. It's like, yeah. It's parked in front of my house right now. The neighbors, they don't love oh, it. I'm sure they hate it. <laughs> I don't always park in front of the house, but like I'm using it. You're like that guy. I know. Yeah, it's fine. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, yes, it's going to make the whole trip. I don't know what will be gone when we get back, but it will make the trip. Most of the it chassis? will make the whole trip. Yeah. Eventually, that's what it'll be. It's one of those van fronts with like the whole f- camper on the back. Yeah. There will come a day when I'm just driving the van. Yeah, it right. became a convertible. In the back yeah. of the convertible. You just got a sunroof. You're but that guy. That will, that will happen. It's fine. I can't wait. But, but you know what? For the price I paid, it's good. You don't see what's spending money on money that thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think I've had it for like five years now. And still, look, the AC works. The refrigerator works. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the, you had this. You kept this secret from me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I sh- we should go on a trip, Sully. You don't uh, want to stay in that. <laughs> Bring Nico. He loves me, and then he'll love me even better when he sees my RV. Actually, Nico loves RVs. He, he's a big RVer. I mean, this is like, my way in. This okay. is Finally, Nico's going to like me. Yeah. You have to sit in the front seat, though, because you get really seasick in the back. Yeah. Remember those air shocks that I replaced? Justin has not. And so his whole thing just flows over all of the road. Don't be hungover in that thing. No. Don't. That's true. Kim Shimke had the worst hangover of her life. And then we had to drive over the mountain pass of Yosemite, the windy road. Yep. She spent most of that time in the bathroom. Uh, well, it's not only rickety, but it's loud and it's hot. 
Yeah. And it smells bad. It's like all of these things. I also I clean say mine. It smells bad. It smells pretty bad. It, it smells. And, and, it and smells. There's a, there's a there's bad. a there's a smell. There's, it has there's an a aroma, scent. but it's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I mean, I, and maybe it's a small thing, but my brakes have never caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that was one time, and it <laughs> almost killed JP. Right. It almost killed JP. It was a small fire. <laughs> It was it was centrally located at one wheel. It wasn't a RV wide fire. It was fire. a small fire, and in my defense, I had a fire extinguisher ready for just that scenario. <laughs> was the fire extinguisher charged? Did it work? Mostly, mm-hmm. it sort of it kind of sputtered out a little bit. <laughs> but it, since it was a small fire, it, it worked fine. You okay. had just that for the brake fire. That was it. That's yeah. Like and in fact, that's a thing. It did put a little fear of God into JP because on our very next trip. I had to stop at the auto parts store on the way down for like a battery or something, whatever else was broken. JP took it upon himself to go in and buy a new fire extinguisher and put it in the RV. Right, because uh, you used the last fart of it on the brake fire. Yeah, and he was like, I'm just, I'll, you don't have to reimburse me. Just I'll pay it out of my own pocket because I'm going on this trip with you. So, yeah. All right, well, listen, the bunker's fine, okay. and it, everything will be fine. I'm and happy gonna, to take my RV. No, I like mine. I like it. You like the risk. She's road ready. Yeah, I like the adventure. Mm -hmm. So we're going to stay in casino parking lots on the way up. Okay. Because I love me some casinos. Great view. Uh, Maybe we'll stay at Cheetah's for one night. Is that what it's called? That one? Yeah. Cheetah's is different. That one's in Oregon. Oh, okay. Don't worry. We'll do the... We'll do the... Circuit. We'll have lunch at casinos and stay at <laughs> Centerfolds and Cheetahs. Actually, or vice versa. Yeah. Whatever. You have to cover this fully. I mean, you have to just like, overpost. I've got to follow this. I'm going to. In fact, uh, what's I'm, your social security number? Because I want to take out a life insurance policy. <laughs> right, yes. and just, you know, you probably should. Yeah. Uh, there will be some video components of this trip, uh, both of of our trip and um, and Hop and Brew School, and then um, and then we'll send social media stuff to Kim. If, if Kim, you, you're not going? If you remind me. Yeah, Kim, you want to come? <laughs> no, absolutely never. <laughs> Are you sure? I've done it enough. There's an extra uh, bed. Yeah. Oh, boy. No. I'll let you sit in the passenger seat <laughs> yeah. for your motion sickness. You can ride up front. I'm not hearing maybe at all. What do I, what do, I do no. when you're in the strip clubs? Obviously, watch the RV for us and make sure no homeless people sleep in it. Yeah, we can't lock the door, so someone has to stay in there. Yeah. What, you think the lock works? Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here, shall we? Uh, I want to thank our guests once more, uh, Hop Revolution, uh, Susan and Jason. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, It was really a pleasure to meet you in person and have you come tell your story. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I am looking forward to following this adventure that you're on. Uh, so, listeners, stay tuned. We'll, uh, I'll keep checking in with Hop Revolution and find out how things are going. Um, especially if you need any help harvesting, you can call Justin in yeah. March. Yeah. Bring the RV down. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, you yeah. don't even have to put me up. We've got a couple <laughs> tubes of silicone. We'll make that thing watertight. We'll float it. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it'll harvest hops. That thing does it all. I'll just drive down the field. Yeah, I'll stand on the roof with some scissors. It'll be perfect. All right, we are off next week. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. Go out and do something fun and uh, enjoy yourselves. I'll be at a wedding. <laughs> is there an open bar? There's an open bar, right? Got to be. Uh, yeah. No, Labor Day it, is the day after the wedding. Oh, it is. That's true. Yeah. 
Or did they do that thing I where guarantee- they like homebrewed a beer for it? I was going to say, the only way that there's an open bar for the Moskowitz family is if Scott got beer donated, I'm sure. So he probably <laughs> called all the brewers that he knows. Which is like four of them. So Justin, hey, no it, Burning Man this year. If there's Chuck Nut there, I'm, no I'm Burning. No, I would be there right now. Yeah, uh, what's going on? Took the year off. I took last year off too. I'm, okay. I'm on. I go through cycles. I'm on my no cycle. Okay, got it. Yeah, Susan, you you say you're a you're an old punk. You you'd probably like Burning Man. It looks heaps of fun. It right. It's fun, but it's you, a hot year I, this year. I go through cycles and. Yeah. yeah, I'm off my drug phase right now, so <laughs> I think I'd take a couple of years off. Right, yeah. What Justin meant yeah. to say. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. When he's sober. <laughs> You're on a cleanse right now before your next big heroin kick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not doing the heroin kick till like I'm 78 or so. You think you're going to make the, it that long? When I'm on the last... Well, whenever the last leg is. Whenever oh, okay. I see the... The writing It's probably the not wall. a light, but the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That's when I start the heroin. Okay. Yeah. Time to do it. I'm also going to found, um, you should talk to your investors, you just, just float this out there, guys. I'm going to found a retirement home for people who like to party. Like, what's with this boring, like, we're going to play checkers all the time? No. Talking booze, bar nights, karaoke, drugs, sex, yeah. all of it. Uh, you know? Yeah. Why not? Why go to these awful retirement homes, right? Maybe that's what the winner gets when they win the bingo tournament. They get all those things, yeah. (laughs) They get one night in the the penthouse. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Just stick with me. You'll see. All right. So we're off next week. Uh, Go do something fun, and then uh, we'll be back after that. Um, I think we're back the following week. JP will be your host that day. Make his grand return. He will make his grand return, and uh, we'll be talking to the winners of the National Homebrew Competition. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we do that annually. We like to talk to those folks. Is that yeah. happening, Bevo? Is that right? Theoretically. My and my, JP and I are working on this together. Oh, dear. My side is taken care of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks to Hop Revolution. Uh, thanks to Sully for being here. Hey. Thanks to Kim Shimke. For, I don't know. For my Money bottle, I still exists. <laughs> yeah, for my bottle of whiskey, right. still get paychecks from you. All right, bye everybody.